And so, just like my frustration with my co-workers, we're back mm. with another exciting episode of What Are We Even Doing? We were talking about it off the air. We don't need to get into it on the show because we have a lot to talk about today. I am your host, Tom, otherwise known as Christian Rose, also known in some circles as El Santo. Mm. Being joined, as always, by... Braden, otherwise known as Damien Deschain, otherwise known as mm, Mr. Wrestling 2. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Mr. Wrestling 2? Steve Carino? Yeah. Um, so, we're going to, we, we, guys, we have a, a huge main event for the show today. Some well, might even say massive. As in our reactions to it, which I'm excited for, because it's I think it's uh, going to be all over the fucking board. Yeah, sure. Um, sure. <laughs> and we're going to discuss that main event, and we're going to discuss why we're doing that in just a little bit. But before we do anything else... Oh, my word. Before the show can go on, before we can proceed, we're going to ring that bell. Yes. Oh, my God. My finger is actually stuck on the tab. There it is. Okay. Holy shit. That How could did that happen? In what way? Those stuck clean nails, my man. It was like the tab was stuck in between this nail and my finger. Mm. Also, in the meat, you may notice that uh, I have a blister on my thumb that has been there for, as of today, one week. Mm. And it's just not doing anything. Poke it. I've been mushing it. <laughs> I've been mushing it. <laughs> oh, man. Braden, how are you? I am getting better. Good. I will say. Um, a lot of talk within our group mm-hmm. about you know just mental health and all that so i don't want to rehash that sure. on the show i was going through um what i called a motivational rut i guess is the best way to like describe it it's yeah. just i just no motivation yeah we're slowly but surely fixing that and things are getting sorted good Hopefully we will have everything figured out that we need, and I will have a car soon. Oh, good. Do you know if Do you have any idea like what you're looking for? So or? I've been seeing. I've been look. My dream for this, you know, mm-hmm. is just because I want a good a good sedan. Yeah. And of course, you always want something that's pretty. My dream was always a Mazda six. Okay. It's just a sharp looking sedan. Mazdas are good cars. Typically. Um, found a couple of Mazda threes. Mm-hmm good gas mileage it doesn't look all that different i think it's a little smaller but i'm not really that concerned about it yeah um so we're looking you know we're finding some we have some that i want to look at but the problem is i have this investment thing that my grandparents actually opened up for me for a long time yeah um we've been trying to get that signed over to my name so that i can take the money out that i want to put down on this vehicle yeah that has been harder than anything (laughs) Can be really like it just we did. I did all the signing. Your grandparents are I, still like yeah oh, yeah yeah. Um, it was in my mom's name because at some point while I was growing up, I think they switched it over Switch it or over, yeah. they started it always in my mom's name. But okay. they, it was like their money that started. It. I'm not sure mm-hmm. how that all worked, but anyway, it was in my mom's name. We're trying to sign it over. You know, I was my mom was like, "You're gonna get a couple emails. You got to e sign over this to get possession of the sure. thing." I'm like, "Okay, sweet." Um, I do the thing, and I get the, the last email that says, we don't need anything else from you, or basically right. something like that. Like, you're all set, I think I would have said. But I was like, okay, sweet. Um, I go to try to get the um, – I get the 
the app for the place. Yeah. And I'm like, it's asking me for a username and a login. I'm like, I've never had this before. So I texted it to my mom. And she's yeah. like, yeah, you're going to have to set up your account. And I was like, but I thought I had an account. Right. You were told you don't have to do anything else. And then now here yeah. you are having to do else. And then she she didn't respond to that. She has a habit of doing that. I'm like, well, God damn it. So I texted back later. I was like, so just because I really don't want to be confused here. I thought I already had an account. Why would I have to set up another one? And then she's like, this isn't like a bank account that you can just log into and transfer the money. You have to like call the lady. And oh, wow. Do. I was like, oh, okay. Now that I okay. know what that's all about, let's yeah. do that. Call the lady. There's like two more things that my mom has to sign before it's in my name. Jesus. And for some reason, I just looked at there's They've been emailing back and forth, and I'm yeah. in the, the email thread. Yeah. So that I can see what's happening. Um, there's some sort of code that's just not sending over, so we have to start over the e sign process. Oh, my or God. Whatever. And it's like, I just want to be able to look at a car, and I can't do that until I have money. That's amazingly bad. Uh, my, uh,. I was talking to uh, my buddy that I've talked about on here like months ago who had ordered a truck from Ford and then got totally mm-hmm. fucked over on it. Yes. And uh, I eventually, like a few weeks ago from right now, was like, hey, whatever became of that? And he goes, yeah, uh, they stopped responding. So I said, fuck them. And I ordered a, a uh, fuck, I can't remember the name of the, the model, but it's a SUV from Hyundai. It'll be here in two weeks. <laughs> and I'm like, that's better i guess uh but yeah he yeah. got a, a hybrid hyundai suv and then yesterday i was like oh yeah do you ever get your ride and he just responded with a picture of it he's like so far i love it i was like cool good great i think that it's wild that we live in a world now where you can order a brand new vehicle and within two weeks it's just there yeah like that's neat yeah very neat um Let's see. Other things that I want to discuss for the undercard. You said you've got a couple? Yeah, I've got a couple things that I watched. I actually watched them last night. I watched a lot of wrestling last night. Well, let's let's do you do one and I do one. And we'll just kind of go back and forth until we run out. Because most of mine are wrestling. Okay. Um, so first of all, uh, I started with watching the main event for tonight, which we'll yes. get to. And I got to a point where I was like... Can't do it. I <laughs> have to stop. Yeah. So... Um, I started watching, I started, of course, with Ladder Wars 2007. Oh, yeah. Briscoes versus Steen Erico. We should also, we should also touch on this. At the time of this recording, um, at the time of this recording, because I'm not clear on when this is going to come out, we've actually been pretty good about being ahead of schedule lately, but. Yeah, uh, the one that I, that came out today. Yeah. Was our last one in the hopper. Oh, okay, so now we're, now we're fresh. So this is, this is fresh. Okay, uh. So, at the time of this recording, um, just two days ago, Jay Briscoe uh, tragically passed away in a car accident. Um, I knew that he was a younger person, that he had just been around for ages, because yeah. he started wrestling at, like, 15. Uh, he is, or I'm sorry, was only, like, seven months older than me. Yeah. So then when that, when I realized that, it made it... Even worse, because it's just tragic. Like I'm, yeah. a, I'm a huge fan of the Briscoes, big fan of Jay Briscoe. Uh, we almost had them at Dreamwave a few months ago. Like that was, those emails had been sent and everything. Like that was discussed. They were going to be there. 
and then just I don't know if it was a scheduling thing, I don't know if it's a contractual thing or what. Yeah. Just didn't happen. And I was very, very stoked. And then, you know, here we are. But uh yeah, um it sucks, man. It sucks. Yeah. Jay Briscoe was in um the first match on the first Ring of Honor show, which we've covered. Yes. Like synonymous with Ring of Honor. Absolutely. Un- until literally his final days. Like mm-hmm. and it just sucks. There you know? are they the tag champs for Ring yeah. of Honor right now? Okay, that's what I thought. They had that series of matches with FTR this past year. I saw the first one, and the first one I thought was the best tag match I had ever seen. Mm. It was fucking unbelievable. And then the next two I have not yet seen. The second one I heard was basically, yeah, it's very good. It's just not as good as the first. Yeah. Which is still, I'm sure it's great. But the dog collar match I have not seen, but I was interested in because I was like, well, that to me is a very challenging stipulation. Yeah. Definitely. The, the, the footage of it, the clips that I've seen just look unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. And I, I very much do want to see it. I just, I, I think I was, wasn't was home that day of that pay-per-view or something. I, I don't know what stopped me from getting it, but. So um, Dakota, I, I messaged Dakota because I, I showed him that I was watching this. Mm-hmm. And I saw the, uh, in the background it said Chicago Ridge. And I was like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. And then I, I messaged Dakota. I was like, were we here for this? And mm-hmm. he was like, yes. That's when Age of the Falls happened. And I was yeah. like, what? That's yeah. that show? Yeah. Fun fact, I don't know if I've ever talked about this or if we've ever talked about this. That is the most pivotal independent wrestling memory I have. Really? At, like, so what's... As, here, as, here's another fun wrinkle. Uh, Alex Castle was at that show. Mm. I was supposed to be at that show, but my foot was broken and I didn't feel comfortable traveling yet because I hadn't mm. healed up enough. Coin Jones was at that show. Mm. Uh, sent me a couple pic- He, uh, I guess, found like a box of... Yeah, like disposable camera them, pictures or whatever. Them on Twitter. Yeah, and it was like, Which oh yeah, so ladder cool. war. I was there. So like, you Castle Coin and I would wager several of our other friends that are maybe even listening to this podcast were probably there. That is that is the single mo- when I think of independent professional wrestling. Yeah, the first thing that comes to my head is Jay Briscoe upside down. It's with one of the most insane visuals. It's you can't. It's you. It's also that was happening while I was ignoring what was happening on TV. Like that's yeah. what I mean by that was pivotal for me. N- they've never wrestle, which is this is going to be insane just to think of like the ground that this covers. Wrestling has never done an angle like that since, and probably won't, and honestly, probably shouldn't. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I th- I've seen the footage of it. I wish I'd been there live. Like I remember Castle telling me. The, it was unbelievable live. Just could not be duplicated. I wish I had clearer memory, memories of it because I was seven. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. Which, man, that, by the way, for that is a brutal thing for a seven-year-old <laughs> child yeah. to see. <laughs> yeah. If you're listening to this and you don't know, the end of the show, Jay Briscoe, who is a bloody mess, is hung upside down by like a, a cable or whatever from a like a truss, like a winch almost, and he just pours blood onto Jimmy Jacobs, who is wearing a white coat, to add to the visual. Uh, Man, like, if you question somebody's dedication to the craft, like, Jay Briscoe was, like, willing to bleed a lot. Mm -hmm. And, even if you weren't, it's gotta be scary as fuck just to be hung upside down from that fucking contraption. 
Yeah. You know, Definitely. like, I mean, shit, man. Like, Ring of Honor never really had a huge budget. Yeah. yeah. So, you know what I mean? Like, that's that's intense. But I'm sorry, to go on. Um, you so said you were I, watching it. Yeah, yeah, I watched that. Um, I sent, I think, a, a video or something like that into the in the group chat that yeah. I was watching that last night. I also watched Jay Briscoe versus Samoa Joe from sometime in the 10s. Which is weird, because I think I've seen that match, because I didn't know that it happened. It was like when Joe had left TNA, but yeah. wasn't quite in NXT. Yeah. Somewhere in there. Yeah, I think so. Because I think I watched it in the garage one day on YouTube, and was like, I can't believe I didn't know that this happened. Because Jay beats him, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Wild. Jay Driller. Really? See, I don't even remember that. That's crazy. That's mm-hmm. a big boy. That's a big boy to Jay Drill. And it looks like Samoa Joe's head landed only on Jay's left thigh. <laughs> um, I, I know I posted it, but it's worth talking about here. Uh, when I first started like working out, like, I'd already been wrestling, but I was like, I don't want to look like a skinny, fat piece of shit in a t-shirt <laughs> and basketball shorts. Um, when I first started working out, it was, my mindset was like, I'm not going to look like Batista or Bobby Lashley or John Cena. You know what I mean? Like, I, I at no point was that even a thought. I was like, I want to get in better shape. I want to look better, but, you know, whatever. And Jay Briscoe was the first guy that I remember seeing and being like, I can be built like that. I want to be built like that because he's he was tall, you know, kind of gangly, you know, long-limbed, whatever, yeah. but like had a good sheath of muscle on him and was strong and fast and awesome. Yeah. I just remember being like I, I think I asked one of the guys that had trained me to wrestle and they were big into weights and shit too. I was like, "See this guy?" and they're like, "Yeah." And I go, "Do you think it's possible for me to get built like that?" and they're like, "Yeah." And I was like, "Fuck yeah. Cool." You know what I mean? Like that was a big thing that made me get going in that like avenue i guess but man briscoes were so fucking good yeah and And they were going on another just peak run yeah and like uh, there's a lot of like stuff about like oh i can't believe they didn't do this that and the other and uh our dear friends over at review review bucky brought it up he's like they didn't want to do a whole lot in wrestling outside of either Ring of Honor or the Independence because they run a farm. Like, that's not just a bit. They have a very successful farm. So the idea of, like, okay, we work on the farm five days a week, we go wrestle on the weekends, and we come home, that was it. Yeah. They didn't want to be on tour. Like, they'd done tours of Japan. Yeah. You know, and they'd gone to Europe and all this other shit, but they didn't want to be away for a whole lot just because that was their life. And I'm like, that's... Absolutely. Cool. Like, I had a conversation one time with um, Matt Seidel about, like, going back to WWE or, you know, this, that, or the other. And his take on it, and I had a conversation with him about it, and I actually had a brief conversation with the Young Bucks about this. Mm. And they both had various points on why they wanted to work one or the other. Seidel wanted to go back to the Fed at that point because he had the weekends off. And he could go do whatever, you know, that's what his schedule back then allowed. Like, he would do, like, Raw and then a couple house shows, and he would be off on the weekends. The Bucks wanted to stay on the Indies because they were home with their kids during the week, and they only worked on the weekends. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that to me is interesting that, you know, 
people have the option. Yeah. You know, in wrestling to like, well, what is it that you're willing to give up? What are you willing to do? Yeah. I dig it. I think it's great. Uh, but I, before yes. I go on with any of the more things that I watched, we wanted to ping pong, right? I don't want, oh, I don't yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steal all the things. Um, so, because algorithms are a sentient thing, I fire up the Roku the other day and I go to the Roku channel. I'm not even sure. I think I was just wanting to turn on like Impact or something that I can just kind of like not really pay attention to while I'm hanging out, right? And there is a lot of forgotten and obscure wrestling available for free on Roku. Mm. And now because I've watched some of it, that's all that comes up in the recommended for you. Yeah. And one of them just said 1950s wrestling. And I was like, huh, uh, I don't know much about wrestling from that era. Like outside of like guys like Luthez or, you know, like I have, I have names no that have... Re- even reference like that. it's it would be I would struggle to name like five guys that wrestled from the fifties yeah and I'm a fucking nerd so I was kind of like okay sure I'll give this a shot black and white footage two out of three falls match and it was Wilbur Snyder and the only reason I remember that name is I think he was on the list of NWA champions I remember reading that on. Whatever episode that was. What an unbelievable name. (laughs) Right? And uh, against one of the Ganyas, but I don't think it was Vern. I think it was like Greg Ganya or or someone that I'm also not familiar with. And I was kind of like, okay, I'll check this out just to see, you know. Two out of three falls, and I think they said it was like maybe the winner would be in contention for a title or something. Um, I think it was in... California. I w- okay. it, it was, you know, whatever. So, my take on this on it was and I it was long. I only actually watched the first two falls and then I was like I got to turn something else on. <laughs> um from a fan's perspective, I cannot recommend it, honestly. It, it it's and I'm not trying to dog on it. It was, you know, that shit's 70 years old at this yeah. point. You know, it's all different. Every the, the world is different, right? Yeah. The style is not something that I think you can introduce new fans to. Now, the worker in me, I found it interesting. I wasn't, like, enraptured or yeah. anything. I was interested in how, like, the crowd... It was like watching... Honestly, it was like watching a crowd from Japan, where they are just quiet, and they are watching. Mm. And then when something would happen, they would react. And then they are just, like... Intently watching this shit. So I was like, well, that's different for sure. And then the in-ring, a lot of it, they're on the mat, which, okay. And a lot of it was, like, putting someone in a hold, and that person, like, the the style even of selling back then was so different. Like, a guy, like, they would do, like, a standing, uh, like, a spinning toe hold, like, you know, the, the Terry yeah. Funk, but then just stand there and crank it. And the guy in the hold would literally just sell it more like, ah, this sucks, instead of like, oh, fuck, or whatever. There was no sense of urgency or desperation, which I was like, mm. that's so weird. But the positives to it were, one, the actual wrestling, I thought, although very slow-paced and different, was pretty fucking good. And they got to a point where somebody actually hit the ropes and the other person cocked the fist back like they were going to throw a punch and didn't do it. Like, I think the other guy, like, 
maybe he held on the ropes or just stopped running even. And was like, whoa, 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 whoa. And the crowd came unglued for that. Like, they took so long just wrestling that the threat of a punch garnered a huge reaction. And that, from the worker's perspective, yeah, big fan. Yeah. Big fan. Like, big that fan was that. that was fucking awesome. But, like... And we... I, I feel like that basic idea is something uh-huh. that is instilled in every pro wrestler. Mm-hmm. I mean, it should be. <laughs> and but, in, in, in our circle, yeah. we all have that basic idea. Right. But I still get to your point, like, something that simple with mm-hmm. that idea, working to that well of an execution, yeah. like, that, that's interesting. And I, I honestly, it even worked on me. I was like, oh, shit. That guy almost hit him. It's <laughs> like that one match we watched. Um, I think it was on the Bobby Houston DVD where mm-hmm. he did like six headlock takeovers, and by the time he got to the sixth one, we were all three. All Bernard oh, Connor and I were. Yeah, like, yes! I yes! yes, and you were you were watching us like I can't believe that just worked. Right, like and yeah, I mean absolutely. It was it was really really interesting. I do kind of want to get back into that because there's a lot on there. Um, not just the 1950s thing, which has a lot, but like, uh, fuck, I don't remember if I talked about this on here or not already, but one night I watched a match, uh, from 1984, pre-WWF Macho Man Randy Savage versus pre-WWF Rick Rude. Mm. And it was awesome. It was so fucking good. And it was wild as shit. Um... Harvey Whippleman, a.k.a. Downtown Bruno, whom I have worked with and been on shows with, actually, was managing uh, Rick Rude. And as soon as the bell rings, Savage jumps out of the ring and just chases him. And when I... I mean sprinting. Like, not the hokey wrestling, like, oh, I'm jogging around the ring, but I'm trying to make it look like I'm exerting myself. And fucking Harvey Whippleman jumps over. They had like a... It's, it's like an indie show. It's somewhere in, like, Memphis or something. And uh, they have, instead of a guardrail, they just have, like, the rope going around. Harvey Whippleman, like, high steps over it as he's running, looking like he's genuinely afraid Savage might kill him. Savage, sprinting, does, like, a running just double-leg jump over the fucking rope and chases him all the way to the back. Amazing. And then comes back to the ring, and then they start the match. And, like, three minutes go by, and Bruno just comes back out. And I was like, even that was wild to me, because I'm like, you know, that makes sense. But we're conditioned now in wrestling that, like, oh, he went to the back. No, he's, he's gone. He's gone now. He doesn't exist. <laughs> he's in the void. He's or... not real people, kind of. <laughs> like, they're not even supposed to be around in the area. The police said it'll be okay. Bottom line, no one should feel sad <laughs> at all. <laughs> anyway. Um, uh, you you next. Uh, so after that, I was like, I just want to watch a match that I've seen before mm-hmm. that I... That I just know it's just good. Sure. Come you know, sometimes viewing. you just yeah. get into those moods where you just want to watch something and be like, that was fucking awesome. Yeah. And I thought, what better match than one that I have only seen once, I watched it live, and has been described to me as, quote, their greatest hits. Sure. Sammy and Kevin Owens, WrestleMania 37. Oh, the singles one? Yeah. Okay. Just, I remember that being good, but I, so I don't think I've ever gone back to it. I've not, I just did. It is. Yeah. It's fucking it awesome. It is. Good. Um, yeah. Just, I, I don't know. I love, I love Sami Zayn. He's amazing. <laughs> I just want to say that. Um, oh, man. And then after that, I was like, 
the only reason I'm gonna I'm gonna do my last the the last part of the all three of my last undercard thingies because um, they all are kind of sort of related. So mm-hmm. that's why I want to keep them together. Well, the one of the three is Sammy and Kevin Owens, sure. and then and then I was like, wow. These two would go on to have the biggest match on their respective nights on their respective manias. Yeah. Sami Zayn versus Johnny Knoxville. Yeah. And, and Kevin Owens versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. At WrestleMania 38. So I watched those matches. I went to Stone Cold first because mm-hmm. I wanted to save Sami and, and Johnny for, for yeah. last because I just remember that being so much fucking fun. Um, it was interesting to go back to Stone Cold and Kevin Owens because it was one of those things where we were all had low expectations because yeah. Stone Cold hasn't wrestled in, let's just call years. it, 20, 20 years. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, it's just like, the, the, the chances of it being good were so low. Yeah. It's like, God, don't do this to Stone Cold. I we think have... that we talked about it on this show about us being very hesitant and apprehensive about him coming back at all. Yeah. Yeah. We, we did. Um, having... Okay, and then when we watched it live, we were all over the moon. Like, it was so much better than anyone thought it had yeah. any right to be or could have been, you know. Yeah. Because of the circumstances, you know, Stone Cold, after 20 years, just pulling out of this... For no reason, amazing match, right? right? I thought to myself, I want to rewatch this because I don't want to be blinded by, oh, this is going to suck. Oh, my God, it didn't. Sure. I, I want to have like a fresh mind on this to see, was it better than expected or was it Does it good? actually hold up? Yeah. yeah. Mate, that match was really good. Really? Because I haven't gone back to either of these. I remember very much enjoying them both for their own... Wildly different reasons. Yeah, I think, uh, I think maybe the hardest I've seen Meg laugh at wrestling was that giant fucking hand hitting uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sammy, just because it's like, <laughs> how did he not know that was there? Yeah. Um. Um. But yeah, still so Austin and and Ko still holds up. Yeah, it's it's good. Good. Um, I had a wild thought, uh, midst of it because I remember, of course, Stone Cold taking this fucking. Suplex on the concrete. Yeah. And it happened, and my first thought was, that broke Kurt Angle's collarbone 20 years ago. Was it his collarbone or, or his tailbone? Uh, tailbone. Yeah. Other, other bone. Yeah. Other, other bone that says bone in it. <laughs> That's what I, I... I thought, it's a bone where the name says bone in it. And I pronounced and that one correctly, because it's a collarbone. <laughs> so he broke his collarbone. No, I'm kidding. Um, Suck it. <laughs> He broke his tailbone. Yeah, when he was like two, three arguably years in. his prime. Yeah. yeah, and Stone Cold. Yeah, it was, was north like, of fifty. Yeah, I'll still take it. And God, it just, I, I, yeah, it holds up to me. Um, and then of course, Sami Zayn versus Johnny Knoxville is fucking incredible. Yeah, it's so good. It's so much fun. I just remember being so wildly entertained, and him. He kicks Wee Man, I thought, right? Oh, like, my God, right it just in face. murders him. Yeah, they play it in slow-mo, <laughs> the whole shot. It's great. Um, I think that match is less stupid than people think it is. I mean, a lot I, of I'm stupid not sp- cartoonish shit around it, but, it's but kind it made of, sense. In the context that it's presented, yeah. Yeah. Johnny Knoxville isn't fucking working circles around Sami Zayn. No. 
<laughs> you, I think you said they, it best. He out jackassed him. Yeah. That's what Perfect. it should have been. <laughs> like, if anything, I wanted more idiocy. Out yeah, of yeah. It. <laughs> like, but a lot of people say that fucking, oh, this is just a dumb match. Well, yeah. The it fucking is, build but... where Knoxville put Sami Zayn's phone number behind a, a plane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like. Which is great. At one point, he had like 63,000 messages. <laughs> Jesus. Um. But yeah, that was basically my my watching experience last night. I just wanted. To... Uh, I've got one more that's not wrestling related, and then I have a, a a thing for us to discuss that we just viewed upstairs a few minutes ago. So my last one that's not wrestling related. So I'm uh, trying to actually go to the theater more in 2023. Yay! That means good things for the podcasters. If it's Correct. a day I can go with. Correct. Uh, I mean the Patreoners. Assuming patrons. assuming that. Uh, yeah, we should be done here by the time. I'm going to the movies tonight one way or another, and I'm excited for that. But so last weekend, um, it's Friday. I'm coming back from the gym or something. I was like, I wonder if there's anything good in the theaters. Because January and February are usually not good times for the movie theaters. That's where usually studios kind of dump shit that they don't really care about, unfortunately. Um, so I look up to see what was playing in Peru. Nah, nothing I'm interested in. So I thought to myself... I really like the Roxy over in Ottawa. Yeah. It's a nice little classic style theater. It's got that sweet old timey feel to it. Yeah. And it's cheap as fuck. So I look up and see what's playing the Roxy. And I, I saw see, Sonic there. Yeah. Which I thought at one point was going to be the last movie I'd ever seen in a theater because of COVID. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no. Um, even though I like Sonic. Um, like Sonic 2, for that matter. Did not see that in theaters. I have not seen it at all. It's fun. It's very okay. fun. Um, so anyways, I pull up to see what's happening at the Roxy, and I see that they had a 10.20 at night showing of a movie called Human Resources. And I was like, I've never heard of this. I feel like I saw a preview for that somewhere. It sounds like something I've heard of. If you of, did, that's that's wild. So I was like, okay. so or an I, ad or something? I don't know. So I watched the trailer on YouTube, and it seemed like a little very low-budget indie movie, horror movie set in a, a hardware store. Hmm. And I was like, oh, all right. So I ended up going over there and seeing this movie. 10.20 at night, there is me and one person in the theater. And when I'm buying my ticket, my popcorn, and my soda, the gal working the counter is like, yeah, on your way out, tell me if this is any good. Because I'd never heard of it. And I go, I hadn't heard of it until like earlier today. And she goes, yeah, uh, we only have it for three days. And I'm like... (laughs) Okay, and this should have been a warning sign. Also, I want to throw this little disclaimer out there. I did have a gummy as I walked out the door to go to theater, because I'm like, I'm just going to get high by myself and watch this movie that I don't know anything about. Why not? Can't. Why not? Got to. Got to. It um wasn't very good. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I really wanted to like it, too, but it's a thing where I like low-budget movies. I think that the challenges that that presents usually usually equate a better story. You have to get creative. Exactly. Creativity. Uh, Necessity the, is the mother of invention type of shit, right? I think that's what I was trying to say, yes. but I was going to say it in a different way. Yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to like it, and I got to a point where I was like, I really don't like the main character. And that's the troubling. Problem, yeah, yeah that's, that's a problem. And then I, in the third act, I was like, you guys haven't explained what's actually going on here. There was like two different people saying different things, and I was like, 
this is not because I was high either. I was like, this doesn't add the fuck up. And then at this point, I realized there's nobody in this movie. And when I say nobody, I don't mean like, oh, there's no noteworthy actors because there's not. They're, they're no stars or anything. They had no cast in this movie. There was a point where they're trying to show that the hardware store is swamped to the point where it's going under because they can't handle all the customers. It's a line of eight people. And I was like, well, hold on. Like, they literally make a plot point that the store is slow all the time. And I was like, that's because you don't have anybody that's in this movie. And then I was like, this is, it's so cheap that I was like, this should have been on Shudder. And I like Shudder in general. But man, those Shudder original movies, they they give people $2,000. And they're like, go fucking make a masterpiece, you know? Like, (laughs) it's, it's, yeah. Um, Sadly, I cannot recommend it. But I'm also doing a thing where this year I am keeping track in a note of every movie that I see in a theater and every movie that I watch new on streaming. Bye. Meg's down here telling us she's going to the gym. She tried to do it quietly, and then Tom was like, well, let me just tell everybody instead. (laughs) Just pantomime instead. Now it's just going to the gym, fucker. See you later. Have fun lifting stuff. I will. I'm gonna go pick it up and put it back down again. Love you. Love you too. Long podcast. <laughs> That's uh, so long. Podcast is almost the thing that I've heard people say when you are are watching a movie and like a character just disappears for a bit, where they're just yeah. like, and then this character is all goodbye movie, and they just leave. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. Um. So the last thing that I want to talk about on the undercard, unless you, do you have any more, or was that it? I mean, okay, we need to be, we need to get a little bit more sp- like structured. Uh, what do you mean by undercard? Do you mean when we talk about wrestling, or when we talk about anything besides the main event? I think it's at this point the show has devolved to where it's just anything besides the main event. Because I have one more thing. Go for, for it for my. So today. You know what? These are, this is a double whammy that I'm going to do today because I forgot. I, I, this is the lead-in. So my manager go, clocks out to go get a drink today. Sure. And he comes back with... Now, this. when you say go get a drink, you mean he went to get, like, a whiskey sour? No. Or something. Oh, no, <laughs> like a beverage from, oh, okay, from up okay. front. And he comes back with this. What the fuck is that? This is starry, starry? Lemon, lime, lemon lime soda. Okay. This is what PepsiCo has replaced Sierra Mist with to compete with Sprite. At that point, just call it Spite. Just take the R out. (laughs) What are we doing here? Hang on. You just threw a lot at me, but also I like the idea of just a bottle of Spite. So this is just rebranded Sierra Mist. Basically. And they did this to compete with... Sprite. Sprite. Sierra Mist, which was already competing with... See, that's what I thought, too, but apparently not. I don't know. I'm going to try this, see if it's any different. Um, but basically, I'm, I'll, I'll tell you where my second part that I have here. The, Why do was, I feel like this is going to be like that Malibu Stacy joke on The Simpsons where it's just, yeah, she's just wearing a new hat. Like, it's just Sierra Miss, but it's just wearing a new label. Yeah, I mean, I can tell it's a zero sugar, sugar variety. Sure. I'm upset that I wasn't able to get anything besides this one. Yeah. However, as sprites go... Yeah. Pretty good. Starry. I don't know why they called it Starry. S-T-A-R-R-Y. But I don't know. Wow. I looked it up when this happened. I was like, when he he came back with this, I was like, there's no way they just got rid of Sierra Mist. Yeah. They did. (laughs) Um, Dude, we we have Sierra Mist at 
Lagrados, which means that now, in a matter of weeks, I'm going to have to change out the fucking... The next time I change out the case, the bag, or whatever for the machines, the... You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's going to say Starry on it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to tell people on the phone, we have Pepsi Diet Pepsi Starry <laughs> mug root beer. Yeah. Um, Fuck this. So anyway, we got to talking about Coke. Yeah. Like, long long story short, we, we were talking about this and we were Sprite and all that stuff, and, and we, we had to talk about Coca-Cola. Yeah. And randomly, I thought to myself, what... Was what is Coke's slogan right now? Uh, fuck, I don't even know if they have one. Do they? So I looked it up, and I found a list on Wikipedia. All right. Of every slogan, I like where this is going. Of every slogan that Coca Cola has had, I read like <laughs> twenty of these. I was like, I'm reading this on the podcast. This sounds twenty, mate. I'm telling you. Um. There's so many of them. <laughs> this is and this insane. is just this is just in the United States cuz look at this they have Oh my god. Japan this is a list of all their slogans from Japan, Italy, Israel, Pakistan, Indi- Poland, yeah. Latin Latin America. That what? Australia and New Zealand gets different slogans. Anyway, um holy fucking I god. I want I want something that I read off on the show, but I don't want to read the title lineages because that's Please. your deal. No, this um, is fantastic. So we're going to start in 1886 here. <laughs> uh, their slogan was, drink Coca-Cola. They're starting off strong. <laughs> I'm sorry, this is already killing me. Because it's 1886. Yeah. Are you drinking it yet? <laughs> drink Coca-Cola. Okay, yep. 1905. So they got some mileage out of just drink Coca-Cola. That's, yeah, yeah. That's 19 fucking years. <laughs> 1905, Coca-Cola revives and sustains. I also like how these feel like orders. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 1906, this is so good. The Great National Temperance Beverage. <laughs> <laughs> Is this, I love is this, it. Was, was cocaine still part of the, the ingredients at this point? I like, don't know. I don't know when that happened. The Great National Temperance Beverage. Um, 1908, good till the last drop. That was Mountain Dews at some point. Maybe? I don't know. Holy shit. All right, Brother, keep I'm going to read more yeah. slogans in they the must have let that. They must have let that copyright lapse. This, this <laughs> might be my new favorite bit. Dude. This is amazing. Um, 1910, whenever you see an arrow, think of Coca-Cola. There was apparently an arrow in their mark. I looked this up because when I originally looked up Coke slogan, yeah, it was so general. Sure. And it came up with like an article that was like, there was some marketing campaign where they changed the logo to add like an arrow in it. And that the slogan was, when you see an arrow, think Coca-Cola or okay. something like that. That's the only reason I know about that. Um, this is the start of a great... A, gr- a great one. Okay, nineteen seventeen. Yeah, three million a day. That's the slogan. That is the slogan. I'm assuming that That's was, what was their sold average. Or drank. Yeah, there. I guess. Um, nineteen twenty two. <laughs> Thirst knows no season. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, nineteen twenty three. I remember this one. I don't remember it like as it was happening, sure, but I remember right. hearing about this one. Enjoy thirst. 
I remember someone talking about that. Doesn't like, make sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're trying to not <laughs> sell your product, apparently. But I guess like hold twenty three. Well, that might have been like the Great Depression. So maybe they were trying to tell people like, hey. enjoy your thirst. <laughs> you have no option. You want this yeah. Coca Cola, but you can't afford it. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, oh my god. 1924, refresh yourself. Going back to the simples. Yeah, maybe the economy was on the upswing by then. 1925, six million a day. Holy shit, they doubled it in just a few short years. In, um, from 17 to 25. I was gonna say, they're also, like, really switching every, like, they're switching very frequently there. From 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, and 27, they had different slogans. Amazing. Because now we're at 26, 1926. It had to be good to get where it is. <laughs> Which I absolutely love. <laughs> I love that one so much. Oh, man. we got to start using these on TDC merch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, 1927. Purest sunlight. <clears throat> Later that year, around the corner from anywhere. <laughs> okay, maybe that's. I guess they're popularizing that it's available. That, that uh, yeah. Okay, okay. I can yeah. see that one being you know. Um, nineteen twenty-eight, Coca-Cola, pure drink of natural flavors. There's an ellipses in that slogan just then. Coca-Cola, dot dot dot. Pure drink of natural flavors. Well, I, I don't know, man. <laughs> I guess if cocaine does come from nature, <laughs> and so does corn fructose syrup. Oh, yeah, 1928. So the the, the streak continues. Okay. From, from 22 to 29, they had different slogans every year. Two in 1927. Holy shit. So, yeah. Um, 1929, the pause that refreshes. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, sure. Um, 1932, ice cold sunshine. 30. That doesn't even make sense. You know, they just really liked the sun. They the really did. 1938, the best friend thirst ever had. That also doesn't make sense because it would quench slash kill your thirst. Well, um, salt would be the best friend that thirst ever had. <laughs> Later that year, 38, <laughs> thirst asks nothing more. I that's, that's These guys are thirsty for thirst. That one I get, though. Thirst asks nothing more sure. than for a Coca-Cola. Sure. I, okay, actually, yeah, now that you've... Yep, okay, I follow you. Um, <laughs> 1939, Coca-Cola goes along. With what? That's it. Coca-Cola goes along. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this so, is by far the longest one, by the way. Um, 1939, whoever you are, whatever you do, wherever you may be, when you think of refreshment, think of ice cold Coca Cola. That's too long for a slogan. That's that's an ad for a slogan. Yeah, yeah. That's the whole ad. That's like when you see a a movie poster that has a very long tagline on it or something. Thirty nine. Hate- so by the way, at this point, we're coming up on World War Two. Just- yes. Um, Nineteen forty two. The only thing like Coca Cola is Coca Cola itself. <laughs> that's not a slogan. That's just a fact. <laughs> Facts yep. aren't funny. <laughs> or is this... I, I bet Pepsi had come out at this point. 
I bet Pepsi had come out, and that's why that's the thing. Mmm. Interesting. I, I, I would be willing to wager. Um, 1945, Passport to Refreshment. Okay. 1947, huge, huge step here. This is the first time in any of their slogans they have referred to it as Coke. Okay. 1947, Coke knows no season. That's already a slogan you had just They just brought it back. Yeah. You unoriginal pieces of repeating shit. (laughs) Oh, oh, yeah, 1922, Thirst knows no season. Oh, this now is Coke knows no season. You you know some dick smack was in the office and was like, yeah, so what if we just change Thirst to Coke? Brilliant, you get a raise. I love how many of these slogans are just sentence fragments. Not this one, but the next one. Yeah. First of all, 1948, there's... Where, where there's Coke, there's hospitality. Sure. Okay. Whatever. Um, this one, though. 1949, along the highway to anywhere. I, I, want, I, I need someone who's, like... Yeah, honest, honestly, you and your boy, uh, Tim, you need to take these and make, a, make, a, make them into a song. Yeah. Because a lot of these sound like they could be song lyrics. Rearrange this and make a Coca-Cola slogan song. Oh, please, no. 1952, I love this one. It sounds like you're trying... This one tr- sounds like they're trying to solve the problem. Of, like, say... Say... You ain't got no hot water. Sure. What you want is a Coke. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that's how I wanted to read it, but that's that's what I... Well, what you want is a Coke. Uh, There's not a well. I wish there was. When when I was in the like high school and college, and I uh, worked as a roofer for a few years in the summer, mm. uh, my best friend. I'm going somewhere with this. I swear. For the what you want is a coke. Um, we would be working on these houses and stuff, and uh, anytime somebody had an idea about how to do something, the phrase was, "Well, what a guy could do is," and then <laughs> yeah. okay, you, you know, whatever they just thought we would. What the plan would be. Yeah, yeah. So I like the idea of, well, what you want is... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. I love it. Uh, 1954, for people on the go. Okay. Uh, 1956, Coca-Cola makes good things taste better. So it's a condiment now? Sure. I don't know, There's some... also an ellipsis in that one. Coca-Cola. Makes good things taste better. Like, <laughs> that's on, what it is. Put it on eggs. <laughs> Mm-hmm. 1957, the sign of good taste. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> saying sure. Uh, Whatever you say, Coke. 1958, the cold, crisp taste of Coke. Uh, that's um, not bad. That seems like something I would see on a package. 1959, I'm sure Tim Robinson wrote this one. Be really refreshed. <laughs> I just love how... Be really refreshed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, my God. Okay, so, um, 1963, things go better with Coke. Okay. Sure. Um, 1969, it's the real thing. That one I remember being a popular one. I think I've seen at least commercials with that. Also, it's the real thing in 1969, so I think like we're in Vietnam or we're about to leave Vietnam at this point. Sorry, I keep trying to... I thought to... that was, like, the 70s when we left. Maybe 69 is when we go in. I, I, I'm trying to, like, link these up to what my 
think I know of American history. My o- my only knowledge of the Vietnam War was mm-hmm. the one time I watched Forrest Gump. Oh shit! So you know how little I know about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because that's uh, this may shock you. That's not really an accurate depiction. Um, oh well, yeah. I didn't okay, expect I'm, it. <laughs> Forrest Gump, not a documentary. Um, that's also not true. I know more about the Vietnam. <laughs> I was just making a joke. Anyway, um, so 1975. Look up America. I don't know. <laughs> that, that just sounds ominous. Yeah, yeah. That could sure have been does. the tagline for Nope. <laughs> like, 1976. We're we're looking up a little bit. Okay. Well, not literally because of that last one. Sure. This one we're getting a little bit more positive. Coke adds life. Okay. Now we're just lying. <laughs> Actually kills teeth. <laughs> Have a Coke and a smile. Okay. It also it says in parentheses, see also, hey kid, catch. That might have been an ad campaign. Oh doing. man, I'd, I'd love a campaign where some dude is just hucking cans of Coke at kids. <laughs> Put your hands uh, up, you little shit. 1980. Coke is it? Wait. What? Coke is it? Coke is it? It's Coke is it with an exclamation point, not a question mark, Sorry, which is how I would read it. I, I, thought, I would read it. Coke is it? I thought you were having a fucking stroke. No, I'm trying. I'm I'm trying to genuinely so it's read Coke, this. Coke exclamation point. Right? Is it? No. Coke is it exclamation point. That is one sentence. Yes. Three words. Coke. Oh, Coke is it? That's still not good. And very confusing. Because I would put it, Coke it is. Yes, that honestly makes more sense. Yeah. What are we, doing? What are we having? Coke it is. 1985, America. sound like you took a drink and you don't know what it was. Yeah. Coke is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, America's real choice, 1985. Later that year. Why are they cycling so, through so many of these? Uh, we've got a taste for you. Okay. Just, I, I not a like, good or bad one. Yeah. You've got a taste. Yeah. It, it's up to you. I bet that when we get into the 90s, when uh, or the late 80s and the, through the mid-90s, when the cola wars were in full swing, I bet these get fucking ignorant. Probably. Um, 1986, Red, White, and You. Okay, because that's Cold War time. For Coca-Cola Classic, in parentheses. That's what that's for. Are you aware of that and how yes. much of a disaster it was? I think. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I'm aware vaguely of it. Uh, 1986, so this is probably at the same time because this this one's for New Coke. Um, yeah. Catch the Wave. I thought that was Pepsi. Yeah, that sounds like a Pepsi one. It really did. Um, but okay, sure. 1987, when Coca-Cola is a part of your life, you can't beat the feeling. Okay. 1988, they smartened up and shortened it to, can't beat the feeling. <laughs> Great. 1989, official soft drink of summer. See, that that doesn't, that's, See, that's, that that's actually that seems like, yeah. Um, 1990, can't beat the real thing. Yeah, because I think at that point they had really tried to be like, don't remember Coca-Cola Classic. <laughs> um... 1993. Or New Coke, I'm sorry. Always Coca-Cola. Okay. 95. Oh, I do. I So I remember that one. Because okay. at 93, at this point, I'm nine. Yeah, I remember always Coca-Cola. Hell yeah. We're in a time you remember. 1995. 
Test marketed secondary radio jingle. Sure. Always and only Coca-Cola. That's what it says. Okay. Sure. Um, 1998, Born to be Red. I don't remember that at all. That was in the U.S. In the U.K. It, in 98, it was Coca-Cola, always the real thing. So <laughs> they haven't gotten that. The, They're behind away us. From the, the, um, the real thing yet. They yeah. haven't gotten uh, Anyway. Um, 99, Coca-Cola. Enjoy. <laughs> I don't remember that. Nope. Oh, my God. 2003 might be my favorite one. Anyway, 2001, mm. life tastes good. Well, until September 11th of 2001. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a black day for baseball. 9-11 was badass. 9-11 kind of reminds me of that national tragedy. Oh, come on. Don't laugh about 9-11. I had to walk through blood and bones of the streets of Manhattan looking for my brother. Yeah, he was in northern Canada. <laughs> I miss Norm MacDonald. Yeah. We anyway, all do. um, 2003. Hmm. Real. That's it? That's it. <laughs> 2005. Make it real. Mm. Okay. <laughs> but hold on, Coca Cola. I was told it already was real. Hmm. Was it fake? Did you lie to me? 2006, the Coke side of life. Okay. Uh, We're in a time here now, the last four of them I was alive for, and I don't okay. remember. <laughs> like, I really don't. Um, uh, where was I at? Oh, yeah. 2009, open happiness. I don't remember this. Nope. 2016, uh, taste the feeling. Hmm. 2020. Turn up your rhythm. Later that year, together tastes better. 2020? Yeah. Oh, okay. Together tastes better because everything had gone to shit. Yeah. I see you, Coca-Cola. And uh, <laughs> I love how they're really... At this, this is the last one we're coming up on here. Yeah. They're really just going full tilt in trying to sell this project product. Oh, yeah. 2021, their slogan... Till now is real magic. They're just telling you it is real magic now. <laughs> Unbelievable. <sighs> that was fantastic. You have to keep bringing this bit back. Yes, yes. I didn't expect it to be as entertaining as it was until I really got down the line there. I'd never even thought of such a thing. Yeah. God damn, that was fun. Uh, so, also, real quick. So our friends over at Review Review, right? I'm chatting with Cole last night. Because I plan on coming up and being on their upcoming episode at some point when they cover Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The... The original. Uh, okay. Because I, I, I was like, hey, I know they, it won their tournament of random movies. I'm a fan? I'm not going to say a huge fan, but I'm very knowledgeable on it. I would love to be on that episode. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, absolutely. We'd love to have you back. Great. They do their top fives and shit. I don't know how I got on this topic with him last night, but I was like, let's load that episode. I think we were talking about Hard Mountain Dews. That's what it was, because mm. they were having Hard Mountain Dews. And I was talking about, yeah, we, we've had some of those. You know, They're not terrible. Um, and I pitched the idea of, I come up to do Texas Chainsaw. Let's do top five sodas. Mm. Let's fucking load that show up. So I don't want to do that here and now, obviously. Plus, it would be too hard. But I got to ask, because we just did this 
fantastic history of Coke. Coke, Pepsi. Who's your horse? Coke. Got to be honest with you, same. Um, it, it has a little bit of a sharper bitterness to it. It Pepsi, I don't hate Pepsi. It, t- uh, um, Pepsi has to me sweetness. To me, Coke tastes like a beverage mm-hmm. that is complete. Um, Pepsi to me tastes like you forgot to add the water and carbonation. Really? It's just syrup. See, to me, uh, I, maybe I agree with you, but for different reasons. To me, Pepsi tastes very sweet, and Coke has just that... I, I can't think of a way to put it other than just sharpness. I've never felt worse about myself than when I was drinking a canned Pepsi. Really? Fountain Pepsi I can deal with. I can, you know... Honestly, guys, fountain drinks are, by and large, indistinguishable from one another. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. I, I think so. I, I th- It's way harder to tell the difference between a fountain drink than it is a can or a bottle. I can tell you the difference if you... Blind test me, like wrap the cans. I can tell you the difference between ca- uh, Coke and Pepsi. Yeah, out of a can, easy, like that. Fountain drinks, it's a little bit trickier. I feel like I'd still be able to tell. I think I'd fuck it up more. That's fair. Um, uh, bottle, mm. glass bottle, glass bottle. Coca Cola is the toppest of the notches. Yeah, yeah, with a pop top. I will say, um, just general thinking, because um, I'm probably not going to be on that episode, I will say, for me, um, just the first ones that come to my head, no particular order as mm. far as top five sodas go, that mm. for me, Dark Berry, Dr. Pepper Dark Berry, it is my fucking favorite. Yeah. That one I know for sure. That's your one in 21 and one? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm upset that it's only a limited time only. Um what else was okay? Dew Shine. It was like a Dew Shine. It was a glass bottled Mountain Dew that was like a different thing. It was called Dew Shine. Came in four packs. Huh. It was fucking incredible. Was it? Was it based on like the old Mountain Dew formula when it was called like I think it was called Mountain Shine back in the day or something? I don't know. I don't know. It could maybe I don't know. It was crystal clear. Yeah. Just it was oh, just really peak. Just fucking peak. Crystal Pepsi. See, okay, I'm so glad you brought that up because I have, I actually have memories of the original Crystal Pepsi coming out. I only have memories of the, when they the reboot, br- of They course. rebooted it and brought it back, it's yeah, because, you know, we different. can't come up with It is ideas. different, yeah. and it is fucking good. I don't remember, I, I didn't try the reboot, I don't remember what I thought of the taste of the original. I only remember my parents being so comically befuddled that you could have Pepsi that you could see through. Like, at that time, that was some new technology that you couldn't fucking wrap your head around. I love that you could sell it on, well, it's the same thing, but you can see through it. I'm dead, I I have a clear memory of my mom and dad pouring Crystal Pepsi into cups and looking at it and being like, ho ho ho! And then trying to be like, wow, it does taste like Pepsi. It's, It's different, and I stand by it. Um... I'm sure that it is, but I'm, I mean, that's back then or whatever. Yeah. There's probably, there's, you know what? Uh, it's probably not on my top five, but I'll throw it out there because we were talking about Coke and Pepsi mm. a lot. RC. I remember liking I, RC a lot when I was a kid. RC is the best parts of Coke and Pepsi mixed together hmm. with the shitty parts left out. See, I haven't had it since I came even close to being an adult. 
My yeah. great grandparents used to buy RC and RC products all the time. And I brought this up to my dad at some point, like over the past year. And he was like, that's probably because at that point it was at least 11 cents cheaper per <laughs> bottle or can. Yeah. That was their only reason. I love it, though. Um, okay. Moving on past Soda Talk. I got, I got one, we got one more thing that I want to discuss. We're giving you guys a lot today. This is awesome. Um, this is also, I, I think this is going to be our new longest undercard ever, which is totally fine. I think it, it is already. Fantastic. We're I don't going. think we've ever gone a full hour on the undercard. Nope, not yet. Um, we just did. Well, like, we're, as of the time I was saying that sentence. Anyway, I'm going to stop cutting going. you off and just let you go <laughs> so that we stop wasting time. So, uh, recently, over on the All Elite Wrestling Program Rampage, there was a tag team women's match featuring uh, Ruby Soho and Willow Nightingale against the team of Ty Mello and Anna Jay. Which, if uh, you were on the interwebs after said match aired, it... Seemingly brought the world to its knees. Um, I want to discuss this because I only watched the first half of it and then I left to go see that movie that was not very good. Um, me and Braden just watched the match in its entirety, start to finish. Before go, before I press play, because I know you don't watch a lot of the show, gave Braden the full backstory, the full build as to why this is happening. Correct. Let us discuss, because I enjoyed the match. I thought the match was overall good. There were a few things in it that I didn't care for. Same. But as I thought that the match as, as a whole was really fucking good. Yeah. This, is my, this is my opinion. I thought it was really fucking good. That was one of the better women's matches that I've seen in a while. But here in... This is the part that I think we... So, okay, your thoughts on the match... Eh, yay, nay. Yeah, I yeah. liked it. Yeah. I, I had a good time watching it. Yeah. The, the things that I didn't like about it are the things I don't like about any AEW match. Sure. So, you know. And the things that I didn't like about it are the things I don't like about most hardcore matches, honestly. Okay. Like the bar fight spot. We talked a lot about the bar fight spot. I Not a fan. fucking hate that. But I, don't, I didn't like it. That being in that match, it, that wasn't enough for me to sour, to sour me on the whole thing. No. Um, I, I did say this was mostly a joke. I said, thank God they're in picture in picture, because if this was full screen right now and they were doing the bar fight spot, I would tune out. Sure. But, uh, so, the big discussion, debate, and idiocy about this match was the level of violence in it, the level of bloodshed in it. I, okay, you, you brought it up when we were watching it. Tony Khan is not asking these people to bleed. If anything, they are asking him. Yeah. So that's part of it. But my thing is, to me, if you have a problem with a level of violence in wrestling, that is your threshold, so to speak, right? There, there, there are things in death matches that I do not fucking care for. Like anything involving syringes, I don't like. No. You know, uh, a lot of shit with glass, I don't care for. However... Yeah. That is because it's a level of violence that I don't care for. It has nothing to do with the gender of the fucking people involved. Correct. There are people that are like, women shouldn't be doing this. Why? I can't believe we're still having these types of conversations in 2023. It's... 
very frustrating. It's but I, but I the that's same part of why I wanted like, to talk about it with you on the show because I thought this is the the fun of the program. Oh, I want to vote on who gets elected in our country. Women shouldn't be doing this. It's the same fucking general idea the whole time. What, yes. When can we grow up and just be like these are human beings? Yes. Like what? I I even tweeted about it. What is the problem with women having awesome matches? Yeah, I I did see that. Like, if Athena wants to fucking start hitting people the same way that John Moxley and Brian Danielson do, good. Fuck yeah. yes, by all means. If, by the way, this fucking tag match, and I had to, I I wanted to bring this up when we went to watch it because it context is key in wrestling. Context is very important in wrestling. If you show somebody who doesn't know, uh, Sami Zayn versus Johnny Knoxville, yeah. If if you show them that and they have no idea what the fuck why this is happening, they may not enjoy it that much. They may think that's what yeah. wrestling is. Yeah. Sure, but you have to be like, here's why this is happening, you know, and then you can enjoy it or not based on your own accord. If it's the fucking blow off to a feud about a girl getting her fucking face broken after four months, please give me violence, give me some blood, and the. The baby face won after dropping the person who broke her face face first in the tax. Yeah. I don't understand why... I don't understand what the fucking issue is when it comes to just... Let women have good matches. Also, so... I'll jump a hurdle, I guess. If your hang-up is... That you just don't like to see that level of violence from women. Fuck you, first of all. Right. Second of all, then just don't watch. Absolutely. Tune out for that match. If, right. if you still like AEW, just tune out for that match. No one is Clockwork Orange holding you open, wait, making... <laughs> no one... Like, you know what I right. mean? Just, that's my... That's... I mean, honestly, man, we're on the same page, because I'm just kind of like, okay, then fine, just don't watch violent wrestling. Yeah. Like, not Like, ever- to me... Okay, so to your point earlier, um, I said, I think I said something along the lines of, or I thought it, this is the level of, this is the type of hardcore wrestling I like. Right. You know, when you get glass and light tubes and gusset plates and nail beds and shit like that, I'm like, no, you lost me. Forks, staplers, pizza cutters, no. See, I think I can, (laughs) I'm also big on, like... The why is this happening? You know, like if yeah. it's just this guy's fighting this guy, they have no history, they don't even fucking know each other. But you know, like you said, they're taking syringes and gusset plates and boards. Yeah. Then I'm kind of like, wait, is there a purpose there? Staples, I mean, like it's not like a huge thing for me, but like if, if okay, for that match, if somebody had stapled a piece of paper to someone's arm, I'd have been like, cool. That doesn't bother me. Like the, that would have bothered me. You think? Um, not not for the reasons it would typically bother me. Not for the ah god, that's just something I don't want to fucking see in my wrestling type of way. Right. It would in this case it would it would piss me off in the you're supposed to hate this person. Why would you be fucking around with them? Sure. Type of way, dude. I can remember people stapling themselves when I was in high school. Like, in classrooms, yeah, yeah. just just to fucking pop people. They would yeah. literally just fucking into their arm. And then there's girls that are, and other dudes that are like, oh, my God. And it's like, yeah, whatever. And they pull a staple out of their arm. This happened 
not regularly, but like sporadically when I was in school. Yeah, but it's different. When but they you have get a the, you get a reaction. <coughs> yeah, when you get an staple actual staple gun, gun yeah. yeah, that for sure. Like I just my big thing is always going to be I want violence in wrestling when it is necessary. Yeah, and when people say, "Okay, this wasn't necessary," that's a different discussion. You know what I mean? Like, that's something that maybe we can talk about. Like, was there a way to do this without that level of bloodshed or without that level of violence? Maybe. Sure. But those four women said, this is what we want to do. This is what we feel the show, the match, whatever needs. Like, we're main eventing on a national television show. Like, yeah. I know me and, at this point, eight other people watch Rampage, but, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, regardless. There's still an audience. Yeah, exactly. Like, it... I just I don't know like to me I I want I just want wrestling to be good yeah the the qualifiers and whatnot beyond that to me almost become trivial good is always going to be subjective yeah always going to be subjective like like you and me both have like uh, diehard fandoms for certain wrestlers that other people think are are boring overrated whatever good subjective you just could have just said Randy Orton. Orton, Christian, Edge, <laughs> alike, you know, like you're like, yeah, the other people think are boring or overrated. I'm like, you're only I'm talking only talking about, about Orton. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I mean, like, okay, Orton, Christian, yeah. Edge. These are guys that like I enjoy tremendously. You enjoy tremendously, and the, all three of those are people that I have heard a lot of people, fans and workers alike, say, yeah, they're just overrated. They're boring. This, that, and the other. And I'm like, bud, like. I don't like, give you that one. I can't, you know, but I understand the subjective nature of good and bad. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. To me, I think that when it's properly built, more women's matches should have shit like that. I don't think that every women's match needs blood. I don't think every match needs blood. I don't think every blow-off needs blood. You're correct, yeah. At all. But and, I think that the, there's a the, time and, and place. Is, AEW doesn't do blood every match, every blow-off, no. every... They don't. They don't. But people like to pretend like they do just because in the last year and a half or so, there are two examples of of uh, female matches that are just bloody as shit. And also, in WWE, for 20 years, that never happened. No. That's ever. why people are pissed off about it because they're seeing it for the first and time. And it's because they're conditioned to think that it's taboo. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, also, the other one that you referenced that was bloody as shit was another tag team street fight women's match with the same team, Anna Jay and, and uh, Ty Mello. Hmm. That was a, almost a year ago. That match ruled. It was those two against um, uh, Penelope Ford and the Bunny. That match was fucking awesome, and it was a bloodbath. So it's like, oh, it's almost as if there's some connective thread here that maybe a year later or another year, maybe there'll be another tag team feud in the women's division that culminates in this. So that then it becomes like something that you can build a history on or a backstory on. Like nobody bitches about like back in the day, Brock Lesnar, I'm talking like original run. Brock Lesnar and Undertaker had a hell in a cell match in like Oh three. Right. It's one of the bloodiest matches I've ever seen. It rules. It's really fucking good. And it absolutely called for it. Nobody was upset about that. Nobody was upset about... Well, never mind. Hold on. Let me rephrase this. People weren't upset in the same way with Eddie Guerrero. 
right. Judgment Day 04. That that was genuine concern, I think, yeah, more yeah, yeah, than yeah. just being upset. People weren't upset with John Cena. Fuck no. That one honestly doesn't even get talked about that much, which is crazy to me. Well, it's because the year prior to it was worse because Eddie hit an artery. But I mean, like, if you bring up Eddie Guerrero and whatnot, I, I would be willing to bet if you if you go up to a wrestling fan, you're like, hey, what are some of your fondest memories of Eddie Guerrero? I'd be I would be willing to put money on within the first five, they talk about him bleeding his guts out in that match with JBL. Yeah. Like that's always just gonna be linked to like his memory, his lineage, his career. Like it's an unbelievable visual, you know. Yeah. Like I just I don't know, man. I, I think my personal take on it, just let women have awesome matches. Yeah. Leave them the fuck alone, you weird shithead. I hate People on the internet trying to tell anybody how to wrestle. Oh, I agree. Also, you could have just ended that sentence at internet. You're right. But, no, I agree. Uh, Yeah. So, should we get to this main event? I guess so. So, let me explain why we are doing what we're doing. Um... A... Okay, this is going to be a little dark, a little morbid initially, and then it's going to turn around. Uh, A friend of mine from... Way back in the day, in the early years of my career, uh, recently passed away. Mm. Uh, he was he had cancer. He kept it very private. Didn't let a lot of people know. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, he is no longer with us, and that sucks. And he will be missed. His name was uh, David Schweitzer. Good dude, really good dude. Refereed for a while. Great, great guy. Um, and that sucks. So another friend from the same time period in my life and career, um, a guy named Sean, who had been a uh, like a commissioner, like a figurehead type, yeah, for like I think the first two or three promotions that I worked for. Honestly, okay. uh, love that. Yeah, good dude, really good dude. Um, he had messaged me and was like, "Hey, did you hear about uh, Schweitzer?" I was like, "Yeah, unfortunately, you know." And so, like, we kind of started chatting, and come to find out, Sean is a huge fan of the show. Mm. And has listened to, as he says, every episode. Okay. Thinks that we're hilarious. I don't know if he's on Patreon or not. And if you are, great, Sean. And if you're not, not a real fan. And if you're um, not, enjoy that watch-along that I accidentally put up for free. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, him Guys, being my a, life's a mess right now. It's, it's all fine. Um, him being a diehard fan of the show, he said... And because we were talking about, like, you know, back in the day and old times and just kind of catching up, he says, you guys need to do SummerSlam 91. Mm. And so I says to him, I says, Sean. (laughs) (laughs) I says to him, I says. Why? You know, I'm not familiar with this event. And he said, and I quote, has everything that you hate on it. And then listed a lot of things on this show. And I says to him, I says, well, That'll make for some good goddamn content, Sean. And in memory of our dear friend Schweitzer, we'll do it. So, that is why today we're doing SummerSlam 91. Uh, your, your beef is with Sean. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, SummerSlam 91 coming to you Monday. Did you catch this? Monday, August 24th. Jesus. Which is so strange. Madison Square Garden, 
20,000 in attendance because that is capacity for Madison Square Garden, which is also why they don't do hardly anything there anymore. Mm. And also, evidently, it's expensive to get the building and everything else, even for the WWE. The venue costs Sounds are high. Insane. Yeah. But okay. Um, <laughs> we open immediately with Vince yelling. My first note just says, oh my god. Because <laughs> it is Vince yelling about the match made in heaven and the match made in hell. I wish I could do a young Vince impression. One, two! I, I just, I feel like I have a, the vague whereabouts. Mm-hmm. I also love how his voice has just gotten lower and quieter over the years. Because in like 03, he was mm-hmm. like, Now, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to beat you. <laughs> with my, you know what I mean? That's, yeah. that's the type of... But it's so much lower. And back then he's... And even in the, the late 90s, like during the shit with Austin, there was just a lot of like... Oh, God! Like, him getting hit, beat up in the hospital. Like, Austin, like, punching his foot that's wrapped up in gauze. And him just, yeah. ow! Ow! And then the perfectly timed pan. Ben Pan. Ben Pan. You do it. It's so good. Anyway, um, my second note on the show, I don't even know what exactly prompted it. It mm. just says, this is everything I hate. <laughs> it, I, might, it might have been the text message you sent me about... Him describing it as everything that we hate. <laughs> um, so I did. I did appreciate that our commentary team is Gorilla Monsoon, Bobby Heenan, and Roddy Piper. I mm-hmm. was like, okay, I love Bobby Heenan. Yeah, I think that Gorilla Monsoon is a great. He's a great straight man when he has either a Heenan or a uh, a Jesse Ventura. Yeah, to bounce off of him. Piper was kind of a wild card choice for me. <laughs> I fucking love Piper on commentary yeah. in the exact same way that I fucking love Pat McAfee on commentary. The, the energy level is through the fucking roof. Oh, the whole time. I, I was worried I was going to get tired of it. I Piper on commentary throughout this whole show is pretty fucking great. He was holding me afloat yeah. at certain points. Um... So I did have a note here, and I didn't do any research on it, but I was like, I wonder if because the, they're they're toting Randy Savage and Miss Elizabeth's wedding at SummerSlam, and I had the note of, I wonder if this is the first wrestling wedding because there have, have a been it would have to be. I think it's got to be because there's been a lot. There have been too many, honestly. There and honestly, I believe. Uh. Was it the only one that's never that wasn't messed with, or was Dude, there one more? We'll talk about it when we get to the end of the show. It broke my fucking brain. Let's uh, let's watch. Let's 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 read the lineage of the wrestling wedding championship. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> oh man. Okay, so opening match here: six man tag, steamboat. Texas Tornado, a.k.a. Carrie uh, Von Eric? I think so. Yeah. And the British Bulldog versus Warlord Hercules Hernandez and Paul Roma. Mm-hmm. And I was watching this, like, before it really got started. I was like, okay, on, on the one side, I'm not a Bulldog fan at all, but I understand that, like, this was a better time for him. Yeah. Love Steamboat. Yeah. Um... Uh, Positively indifferent to Carrie Von Eric, Texas Tornado. 
So it's kind of like, okay. Same. And then on the other side, I was like, I know that Warlord is huge, but I also know that he's bad. <laughs> I know that Hercules is big as shit. I'm not a fan. And I know that Paul Roma was somehow in the Horseman at one point and was just regarded as the job guy from the WWF. So I was <sighs> kind of like, huh. Um, what do you think of this opening match, though? Um, let me see. I didn't... Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, it was fine. Hot finish. I kind of liked it, actually. It, it, I, I could tell, though, that like the babyface team was really carrying this. Steamboat, specifically. Big time. Um, Hercules fun- looks exactly like Jake Roberts on steroids. Yeah! Also, the fact that Hercules, her, Hercules is in probably the worst shape out of everyone in this match. Yeah, yeah. And still big as shit, but like... Yeah. Um, fun trivia. Warlord was Batista's favorite wrestler when he was a kid. <laughs> Brain has hung his head. A rare check mark against Batista. <sighs> and he would go on to be better at him, better than him at everything. Oh, undeniably. Um, Even with his weird hands when yeah. he's clotheslining or flexing, <laughs> still better. So um, I. So I hold on. Go ahead. Let me. There's. I have some notes here. Just. He has his back turned from his opponent for way too long. Mm-hmm. Steamboat doesn't tag out. Uh, at one point, Steamboat snapmares dude right towards his opponent uh, opponent's quarter, and then Paul Roma. It was Paul Roma. Yeah. Snap, snapmares Paul Roma, and Paul just tags out. Steamboat <laughs> just watches him go tag out. I'm like, yeah. Okay. So that was fucking stupid. At one point, I have a note here that says Slick is here because it was about three quarters through the match before I realized he was there. I had no notes or memory of Slick being there. <laughs> Amazing. You saying that right now is the first that I'm aware of. That's him. the only note I have on Slick. Oh, good. <laughs> is that he is present. <laughs> um, the cutoff of this I actually really liked, and mm. I want to steal it for TDC matches if we have six-man tags. Fuck yeah. Dude, Steamboat gets the O'Connor. Yeah. Hercules comes in to hit him. Steamboat ducks it. Yeah. Ref goes over to Hercules be like, hey, you got to get out of the ring, man. Yeah. Warlord comes in, bips. Uh, gotcha. Bips yeah, I do remember that. Behind the ref. Because he hasn't like, pinned on the O'Connor for yeah. 12 seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, love, I love that cutoff. I was like, that's dope. Yeah. It actually makes everyone look smart. Yeah. Um. I I actually enjoyed this. Like, I my last note, it just says, uh, I thought it was a little bit shaky at times, for sure. Yeah. But overall, I... I, I didn't. Um, I I recognize. I didn't love it, but yeah. I, I I did enjoy it. I was like, this is totally good. I recognize that Steamboat was really trying. Boy, howdy! Because I have a note here that says Ricky is trying to make these strikes look impactful. <laughs> I shockingly, I didn't think that the Warlord was that bad in this, but it may be because there were five other people involved. Maybe, yeah. So, like, the individual involved. No one involvement. person came, stuck out to me as being egregious in this. Yeah. I just, for me, yeah, you know, take it or leave it. Yeah. Um, but the finish was undeniably hot. Yeah. Just a crossbody off the top. Can't yep. go wrong with it. But crowd was up. Um, There's a uh, 
Kurt Hennig promo after yes. this, hyping uh, him and Brett, which I immediately was like, oh, man. Because I remember when Sean sent me this message explaining why we should do this, and he listed all the things that are on this show. And he's like, you know, oh, it's got, you know, a wrestling wedding. It's got Brett. It's got this. I was like, God damn it. So then I saw this Hennig promo. I was like, oh, it's Brett versus Hennig. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, now I'm 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 not as uh, my heels are not as dug in as they were. So I wrote down Brett versus Hennig. This should be very good. Um, there's a promo from Mister Perfect before this. Yeah. Um, he says, "You might be excellent, but you're not perfect." Yeah. Simple line, but I fucking love that excellence yeah. execution sort of deal. Love that. Um, Mister Perfect, Kurt Hennig, whatever you want, like all time great. Like, there used to be the conversation of, like, best to never be world champion. Mm-hmm. Always in the conversation. God damn, he was fucking good. Yeah. One might say perfect. Uh, <laughs> um, I like the psychology <laughs> behind this opening deal. Uh, Brett's got the headlock. Yes. Perfect keeps reaching and pulling the hair. Yep. Goes to shoot him off. Brett grabs the yep. hair and pulls him back in. Yeah. I'm like, okay, he grabs Love the hair that. because you grab the hair. And, yep. and Piper's even on commentary. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. Yes. Yes. I agree wholeheartedly. They show Stu and Helen uh, before the match really gets going. And I, my my note here just says, Stu and Helen fresh off a shift of abuse. I <laughs> Stu Hart lived his entire life without smiling. Yeah. There's a point later in this where it looks like he's trying to smile. And it looks like, like it's almost shattering his face to even try it. <laughs> yeah, um, I love that commentary is calling out Brett f- for his stupid fucking Brett stomp. Mm-hmm. I hate the Brett stomp. Is I the hold really your legs, stomp to the gut. Hate it. Piper's like, well, he should have grabbed for the sharpshooter. And I was yeah. like, yeah, thanks for. Th- I agree, thank you, Piper. Tell your entire audience how fucking stupid he is for. Pi- not- Piper, this whole show yeah. is tearing apart people's mistakes psycho- uh, psychologically. Good. I, no, I love it. I, I hate, fucking love it. I hate that um, the move that ends up winning him the match, mm. he has dudes set up for and doesn't even go for it. I I hate it. Oh, oh yeah. He does the stomp too. I don't give a shit. That's fucking... Do a so, different stomp. Is this something that we do agree on where it's like, okay, if your finisher... It requires uh If your finisher is the jackhammer, don't do a suplex. Yes. That's what I'm trying to, Yeah, yeah. It don't hook for your finisher and then do something else. Yeah. If your finisher requires a fireman carry, don't pick him up that way for anything. Unless it's that, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what um, I'm at too. Heenan had this unbelievably funny line that I had to make a note of. <laughs> just said that I think it was two Piper actually just says, Well your mom and dad ran away from home. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, fuck. Um, so at one point, uh, Brett rips Mr. Perfect's singlet. Uh-huh. I made a note of this, too. I would have been so mad. Yeah. Even though it's a boring-ass, plain-ass singlet. But yeah, I still would have been you, mad about it. You, I have a quote here. This is what I wish. This is what I think. This is what the psychology is, according to Mr. Perfect. Hmm. You ripped my gear. This cost me hundreds of dollars. Let's lock up. Because they fucking lock up after that a couple times. And I'm like, yeah. you have struck each other. Yeah. No, that's something from that era that I never fucking enjoyed. It was just like, guys, there's a million ways to get to anything else that you're doing. I did. Okay. I thought this match, I thought the pace was great. It's crisp. 
Like, yes. It's clean. The ring work yes. in it is undeniably fucking good. I'm nitpicking. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest. No, like, you kind of have to on one of these. Like, I know that, like, the show and, like, myself specifically have, like, really dogged on Brett. Here's the thing, guys. When he's in this spot on the card, like an Intercontinental title or a fucking tag title, fine. Got it. You could even say he excels. I just, I, I would. I just never, ever, ever in a hundred thousand lifetimes thought he was a fucking top guy. Yeah. Boom. Um, I love a jackknife pin. Like, yeah. Just out of, out of no, like he, at some point, Mr. Perfect hits who cares what gets yeah. down and he just goes to pin him. But instead of just a regular pin, he goes for a jackknife sure. pin. I like that. Uh, Use yeah. a roll up as a way to try to get a, a, like an actual decisive pinfall and not like a surprise win. Right. I like um, that. I did have a note here that, okay, so Brett kicks out of the, the perfect plex at one point. Which blew my mind. Big pop for me. Huge reaction from the crowd. Yeah. Dug it. I actually, a rare finisher kick out that I was like, cool. But here's my, this is my only, if I have, again, nitpick. Brett then just does his normal moves after that. And I was kind of like, he kind of kind of turned it up a little bit. I don't know what it would have been. Yeah. And he gets an actual, like, the crowd buys it falsely off of just a suplex after the, the perfect plex kick out, which Love I was that. like, sure. shocking of the times. I wish that Brett had done the perfect plex. Sure. I think that would have been a hundred times fucking hotter. And then Henning could have kicked out of it. Who cares? You know? We're, we're, you and I are in agreement that if you kick out of your own finish, it doesn't bury the move. Fuck no! Because then, to me, the argument is that I do it better than you, right? Yeah. Like, it, it's like, um, well, fuck, uh, recently, well, somewhat recently, like, at some point last year, Hangman Page gave Kitty Omega the one-wigged angel. Well, Kenny kicked out of it. The move is not what's protected. It's Kenny doing the move. Yeah. That's protected. That's why it's his finish. Correct. He does... That's just... If the move was protected, everyone should do it. <laughs> yeah. Like, exactly. Like, so you want to win? Okay. Then just hit the curb stop. I don't know. Yeah. Anything. Um, <laughs> uh, I, they work really, really fucking hard in this match. Goddamn. They really fucking do. They cooking the whole time. All things considered, this ruled. I, I agree. I, ruled. I actually did like the finish that... Like Hennig goes for like the leg drop or whatever through the legs, and Brett just I from the mat loved that from finish. the mat catches him into the sharpshooter. I, I was like, I loved it. that. I I popped so huge when that happened. I yeah. was like, fuck yeah! And when he tapped, I was like, good. Mm-hmm. If this happened now, they, they would have done three more falsies before they finally did. I really fucking the liked finish. the finish, and it was part of why I liked the finish was like going back to like when I was much younger and I was just a fucking mark for moves. Part of why I always like the Boston Crab and still use it is not just my undying love for Jericho, but I felt like you could get to that hold in more creative ways. Like, it's it's easier to get into. Yeah. I always felt like the sharpshooter, you still have that moment of crisscrossing the legs or setting it up, right? Are you all right? I just had a really good idea, but I can't say it on the show. Okay. I have to... Make a note. We'll talk about it off the air. But, like, I thought this was such a cool... Like fresh way to get to what I consider to be a slightly convoluted hold. Yeah, that, that really helped make the finish fucking cool as shit. Um, 
Uh, I also then, because <laughs> then after this, it gets a little weird. Um, because I had a note, because like Brett goes into the crowd, yes, to, to see go. his parents, and I just had a note that just says Brett is so desperate for his father's approval here, and Stu is just staring, like some sort of goddamned crocodile. <laughs> it doesn't help that this fucking jackoff who is interviewing Stu Hart is needlessly rude to this man. He's like Alfred Hayes. Yeah. Well, what do you think of your son? Well, he barely even says anything yeah. on the microphone because it's, it's not close enough to him. And he says, like, part of the sentence, he's like, oh, well, what do you think about that? And dude's still trying to fucking talk. I literally rewound it because I was like, so I can't I. understand what the fuck Stu said. I have no idea. Holy hey, shit. No, oh, it's even worse. It's even worse because I wrote down his quote. He's like, there you go. He's speechless. <laughs> He was trying to talk to you, dickhead. There you go. He's speechless. Uh, there's another. There's a commercial for this fucking docu pay per view thing for dude Hulk Hogan. Imagine, imagine a real American story or whatever bullshit. Like the the thing that popped me about this, I wrote it down. Just an ad for a Hogan special on pay per view. Yeah. The idea that like in that time period. That you could be like, hey, we're just going to show you some some shit about this guy. You have to pay $20 in 1991 money, which is probably $600 now. <laughs> like, it, I mean, it probably fucking worked, to be honest. Oh, I'm sure they at sold some point, of it. Yeah, yeah but I was just kind of like... Hogan I, was a, de- a deal. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm not even saying it's like... I was supposed no, to want to say the shit on a, Hogan. That, it, that, that was a thing. Yeah, it's just insane that that happened. Like, can you imagine, just try to imagine, that you're watching a current WWE premium live event, and they just advertise next week available, not on the network, by the way, not on Peacock. You have to pay money for this. A special about Roman Reigns. Hmm. Yes, he is the biggest star in the world right now, but... What could possibly be on that that is worth me paying money for? I think the. But I mean, I understand reason, that like now everything's just given away. Yeah, but and like that and like social media is a platform for so much of what would have been shown in that documentary anyway. Absolutely. So there's no need to make something like yeah, that anymore. Yeah, it's just fascinating that it happened. And when we do, we put it on the WWE Network mm-hmm. or Peacock rather. I there's a hard to- turn. Huh? I have to pee so bad. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I will... I'm going to vamp, but I'm not going to cover the next segment. Why? What's... Oh, the next okay. segment yeah, yeah, is yeah, something I that I need this. you here for. I want to talk about this. Oh, yeah, you do, baby. All right. Brayden has gone sprinting to the stairs to go upstairs to piss. Attentive uh, listeners may be able to hear the sound of the plumbing here in the basement slash studio slash gym slash laundry room slash storage room slash um this house does actually have like some sort of a bizarre death hallway down here that goes to nothing um sometimes I want to put some footage up of the of the house and then I'm like no anyways uh I'm gonna take this opportunity to tell you you the the listeners I've made a commitment recently to getting out of bed earlier slash early and I'm on day three of it and it has greatly and positively influenced my life so I'm going to try to keep that rolling helps me to get up, helps me to get moving I work out, go to the 
the job, come home, everything's great. Oh, good, he's back. Ah. See, that was super easy. All right, so. God, that was just, just. Satisfying. Wanting to explode out of the <laughs> front of me. Oh, man. Okay, so we have this Mean Gene interview with the Bushwhackers and Andre. And, uh, okay, so I, I, I want to get this one thing out of the way real quick, and then we can tear this apart because we're going to. <laughs> Seeing Andre on crutches. Uh, Upsetting. Bum, dude, it just bummed me out. It just made me sad. Like, you and I are both huge fans of the Andre documentary that's on HBO. If you're listening to this and you haven't seen it, please watch it. But I was like... Ah, oh, fuck. This is the time period that we're at with him. And it... Yeah, man. It just kind of brought me down. Yeah. And then what brought me down even further was this fucking promo. <sighs> I fucking hate the Bushwhackers. Yeah. It's well documented. Yeah. They've never been good. And anyone, any one of these these jack-offs that I've seen, oh, well, the dick beaters in FMWA were good. They were good when they were the dick beaters back in, in New Zealand. I think what you mean to say is the sheep herders, but I like dick beaters better. They were never good. I guarantee... Bring me a sheep herders match. You hear I that? will fucking hate it. You hear that, Guthrie? <laughs> mm. Yeah. God. Midnight I've, Guthrie. I've never seen a sheep herders match. Midnight Guthrie, honestly, like goes down a few pegs. For, for being a person who thinks the sheep herders were good. Like, as a human being, he goes down a, hu- a few pegs. Like, it's a little disappointing. It's like when you find out one of your friends is, like, kind of a piece of shit. Yeah. It's like that, but he's not a piece of shit. He just has a shitty opinion. It's like you, you go to hang out with someone and they're wearing a fucking MAGA hat, and you're just kind of like, God damn it, man. You? Yeah. Yeah. He's got... Midnight Guthrie's got... Two fucking bushwhackers camo hats um, <laughs> facing left and right, and he's doing the arms. Uh, so okay, so the the match here is it's the natural disasters. Um, John Tenta as Earthquake, and the man who would go on to be Shockmaster as Typhoon. Mm-hmm. Did you were you aware of that? Uh, yeah, amazing. Uh, against the bushwhackers. Um, there's, I have only a few notes on this. There are certain points in this match where, because of the way that it's shot and like the the folds of the fabric and the way the guy's positioned, where Earthquake's singlet looks like it says "fart" on it because like the bottom part of the E is out of view. Uh. And I had this moment where I couldn't stop laughing about it. Um, oh, and side note, any good sheep herders match was probably had for them, so fuck off. This, okay. It's a team of Casey's. You just put two Casey's <laughs> together. Casey it's a team of two. New Zealand Casey's. If, if we told Casey to just be a bushwhacker, he wouldn't do it because he'd want to be taken seriously. Even though he could easily be a bushwhacker. Yeah. Yeah. He might actually be more competent. A million percent. He'd be a better bushwhacker than he is a moon dog. Yeah. There are no dogs on the moon. No, I mean, like, he's more competent than Luke or Butch. Oh! Yeah. Possibly. That? It's a, close. Yeah, yeah. Put a pin in and that. And that's we- the fucking problem. <laughs> is the fact that it's close. Uh... Fucking Heenan had a line on this that absolutely shattered me. So at some point, 
the Bushwhackers are like talking with Andre or whatever, and the commentary team are trying to put it over as like strategizing, you know, whatever, as as you would do. Yeah. And uh, I think it's Gorilla Monsoon says, uh, Bobby Heenan, if you were managing the Bushwhackers, what would you tell them right here? And his response is, if I was managing the Bushwhackers, I'd commit suicide. Good. <laughs> That's a good call. I just, I laughed so hard. Um, um, so, I have a note here that just says, guys, this is pay-per-view. How are you going to watch what Brett and Kurt just did and think, this will get the crowd hot? Sure. What the fuck? I only have, like, two notes on this, and it's just... Oh, also, that Typhoon would go on to be Shockmaster, and Earthquake would go on to be Golga in the fucking oddities, which Mm -hmm. I was just kind of like, the passage of time is brutal, right? So, I... There's not much to this match, really. Outside of, like, I've talked about before on here, I like Earthquake. I like John Tenta. I thought he was a very good big man. And here he's probably in his, like, early 30s, and he looks like Carl from Aqua Teen Hunger Force. His fupa gets in the way. Every time he tries to do that backbreaker, takes the impact away. It looks like he's slowly doing a fucking lunge. I hope he gets out of the fucking ring. I do not want Earthquake on my television screen. Well, he's dead I, now. I do not want... The na- I, I I hate the natural disasters suck. The bushwhackers are worse. This is a bad. This See, is. I didn't hate the is, natural disasters in this. They at one point I hated the do, bushwhackers. In they this. do this. They get one of the motherfuckers up like they're gonna hit a dominator, and then they just slide them back to their other partner and into a bear hug. That's lame. That's fucking lame. This is ninety one. I don't care. <laughs> That's lame. Do a double body slam. Do a double elbow drop. Mm-hmm. Do a fucking double double axe handle. We've done that. We've done matches where we've done both two people off the middle double axe handle someone four axe handles. Yeah, that's stupid. It makes way more sense than I'm gonna hold you up here just so I can kind of lean you back to my partner there. Mm. At that point, I'd rather you just tag out, hit the dominator, and the dude just pick him up and hit the bear hug. Yeah, sure. Like. Uh, and and my last note, that's the finish. Fuck you. You don't, don't like you don't was. like no. It was fucking earthquake with the fucking um, the Finley ass, the whoopee cushion, whatever. You don't like that as the finish. Maybe I'm gonna use uh, a Tommaso Ciampaism. Does John Tenta do that as well as Bucky? Then don't do it. <laughs> I know that that's wild to say because Woo! Bucky came after. Hot but take. I was like, I don't believe. Me staying down for three after that. That's crazy to me. I That was the weakest motherfucking move I've ever seen. I don't know. I just wrote down that Earthquake wins via butt. Now, I'm glad that the fucking Bushwhackers didn't win. Mm. I will say, like, I don't think this match was good. This sounds like I'm propping it up, and I'm really not. But it was short. This was I appreciate my that. this was my '90s WWF sucks moment. Yeah. that I sent over to Cole and Jay Fowler. <laughs> um, yeah, I I God, it's like every time he tries, I can't you know get what? over you the know fact what? that he was trying to do this like world strongest slam backbreaker thing. It looked like he was trying to fold a bowling ball. <laughs> <laughs> you know what fucking upset me? Hmm. This goddamn Road Warriors shit. I fucking hate the Road Warriors. They come they come out and they fucking do this stare down after the fucking match. 
Because it I'd looks like the, about that. dude. It so they fucking John Tenta sits on one of the bushwhackers and he's dead. And they fuck off the other one, and it looks like they're gonna beat up Andre, even though Andre is on crutches, which I understand that's the fucking point here, but I also want to be like, well, Andre could beat the shit out of you with those crutches until he died. Um, so then the Road Warriors fucking come out, and they do the stare down with the natural disasters, and then they fucking leave. And I was like, okay, so I guess we're trying to set up a future tag match with the Road Warriors and natural disasters. Big meaty men slapping man meat. Whatever. Yeah. I... I will watch five Natural Disasters matches before I'll watch one fucking Road Warrior match. I can't fucking stand the Road Warriors. Yeah, sure. I'm largely indifferent. Uh, you know what I can't fucking stand? Hmm. Anything before 99. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Sean. And that's generous because I usually say anything before 2000. So uh, then there's a fucking promo in the back... Where Heenan's like knocking on Hogan's dressing door. He's holding the WCW belt. Yeah, it blew my mind. And I know that like we talked about it ages ago. Yeah. Ages ago when we did the WCW title happened, lineage. But I still... It's still... Man, that's fucking crazy to see. Um, I was, I was watching this with Jake. Yeah. Um, and I was like, if something like this happened today, that would be the only thing on social media. Yeah. Nothing else would fucking matter. Like, it's the thing where it's like, remember uh, last year in the Women's Rumble when Mickey James came out with the fucking, the Impact Women's title? And that caused a pretty big, like, whoa shit moment. I remember that. Yeah. That is a drop in the fucking bucket to what this would have been back then. You know? Like, um, then, Savage. Is answering phone calls for a 1-900 number. Yeah. This was another thing where I was like, the passage of time. Holy shit. It's just weird. (laughs) Like, things that... Okay, I'll I'll say this about the the 900 thing, 900 number thing. I had a moment today, uh, I was at work and I heard an ad on the radio while I was in the restaurant um, about how to block unwanted spam calls on your phone how to protect your your phone number and this, that, and the other from unwanted callers. And I literally had this moment where I was like, phone books existed. You could just look up someone's phone number. Yeah, yeah. It was public information. It was just, it was literally delivered to your fucking doorstep. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people had addresses that were just out there that were just like, this is what society has become. <laughs> like, it's crazy. Uh, so then there's a DiBiase promo, and my first note just says, DiBiase promo, dot, 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 oh, God, is this a Virgil match? It is. It is. Um, so, friend of the show and a friend of us, Cole Havens, hmm. who is huge into this era of wrestling. He's really disappointed in me. Doesn't like that Ted DiBiase, which to me is shocking. Hmm. I've literally heard him say he's never liked a Ted DiBiase match. But when I think of, like, Cole Havens, the performer, the worker, and I think of Ted DiBiase, I'm like, man, I... Yeah. You're entitled to your opinion, Cole, if you do hear this. Sure. It's just insane that that's not a guy he pulls from. I would have thought that would have been, like, 
a high up for him. Yeah. I kind of like Ted DiBiase. I don't mind Ted DiBiase. I lo- the Million Dollar Man character is fucking great. The most interested I've been in Ted DiBiase was um, I, when we were first doing the wrestling watching on, on the Discord, my brother gave me the year 1977 as a, like, just being Woof. a shithead. Yeah. So I looked up 1977, full match. Yeah. Came up with Pat Patterson versus Ted DiBiase from 77. For that 1977? Match, that's probably real good. It was. It yeah. was real good. Um, and it was interesting to watch. Yeah. Beyond that, I'm indifferent. Yeah. Because so much of this era, I just don't fucking care. Right. I have no emotional tie. The, the, my thing with Ted DiBiase is I always thought, I thought he was fucking really good in Ring, actually. I love the character. The laugh, I mean, I know that sounds stupid to say, but like. It's iconic. It is. And, and, you know, if you're, if you're not like a fan or knowledgeable on it to say like oh man i love his laugh that sounds stupid also i'm slightly biased because when he came to dreamwave like a lot of the big name guys that came to dreamwave for the most part were very cool most of them were cordial man he was real fucking dope um okay like he buried the ultimate warrior and it was and it was after he literally said you know you he started this by saying you don't like to speak ill of the dead but <laughs> amazing, you know, like yeah, that you know that's that can't not influence my opinion on the guy. Yeah, yeah like yeah. he he was just super fucking chill. It's like me, Matt Cage, and Ted DiBiase drinking beers together and listening to him talk shit about the Ultimate Warrior. That sounds amazing. It was fucking awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, um, so. I okay. I'll say this. I actually did write down. Now this is peaks and valleys here. I wrote down so far, this show has exceeded my expectations. Hmm. But mm. I wrote this at the start of a Virgil match. Okay. The fuck is this gear that he's wearing? Some of it. <laughs> I don't know. I I genuinely. It looks like. He was he went forward in time and saw proto John Cena and was like, sure, let's do that. But with he eight, was like, I heard this dollars. John Cena guy is a huge star. Let me steal from him. But he didn't go far enough. <laughs> I'm Virgil will only ever be known for being the one that no one knows. I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna do something I don't normally do here. I'm gonna go on a, a Braden level hatred rant here. I truly despise Virgil. I think he is undeserving of every dime that he has garnered oh from professional God. wrestling. He should have had any job ever that is not professional wrestling. Virgil, to me, is what the 90s are to you. I, I want him erased from history. I want people to talk about Benoit more than I want them to talk about Virgil. In any capacity. <laughs> I can't stand it. I wrote down he moves like old cows fuck on ice. Just oh my unbelievably fucking horrid at every possible aspect that is professional wrestling. And yet he's employed here and he would go on to be employed for like another 
This is 91. 10 years. He was in WCW until they fucking shut down. Why? Why? What know. possible benefit is there? To what end? Yeah, he's he's he can't be funny. You know what I mean? Like I, <laughs> like, I refuse to think that he's cool. Like, does he have some unbelievable drug hookup or something? I don't fucking get it. He can't be funny. I refuse to believe that he's cool. <laughs> I, I will I would push my chips forward that Virgil's family hates him and they don't invite him to holidays. Oh my God. He's genuinely bad at everything. God damn it. Having said that, they, and when I say they, I mean the machine here. The booking committee, Ted DiBiase himself. This match is booked and structured to the best possible outcome in a shit situation as in we have to have a good match with Virgil that gets him over Mm. did you notice Virgil eating every acre of hell on this house show dive he ate every acre of hell on everything I said Virgil hit so fucking hard and people actively don't care my next note is he's killing Virgil because Ted DiBiase If only beating the ever-living shit out Mm -hmm. of Virgil, which I thought was very entertaining. He goes for this fucking house show dive, and Ted just moves, and he full-on belly flops that mat on the ground and genuinely bounces off of the ground. And then doesn't move. He doesn't squirm. He doesn't hold his gut. He doesn't do anything. I don't want to give him any credit for anything, but (laughs) if I hit that way... I might not move either. Yeah. I might just say, let me just die here. And I wish Virgil had done that too. But instead, no, Ted DiBiase has to carry the weight of eight men and drag this sad carcass into an okay, overbooked, convoluted-as-fuck match mm-hmm. that was what I will call serviceable for what it was. If, if Ted had had this match with any other person, Possibly ever. Would have been fucking amazing. Yeah. My fucking grades for a Virgil match are either pass-fail. And it is a tiny, thin red line between them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, there was there, there is a good bit in this match that mm. I did like. What's that? Um, Virgil has a million-dollar million dream mm-hmm. on Ted DiBiase. Mm-hmm. Sherry gets in the in the in the ring, mm-hmm. hits him in the back of the head with the belt. Yeah. Um, so the DQ or whatever. Yeah. But the ref ruled it. It's the only good good thing that Earl Hebner's ever done. It's the only. Well, actually, it would have been. Never mind. I take that back because it would have been better if the match just ended. But <laughs> um, I liked psychologically what this was. Um, the ref rules that Sherry has to be has to go back to the back. And the match be restarted. I'm like, okay, I'm for you on this on this journey here. And then they get a. Um, hold on, what what's happening here? I don't remember what exactly happened, but. Um, sorry, I had to read a message there for a second. That's good. But yeah, that's fine. So they restart. Exactly so the the match is restarted. I don't yeah. remember exactly what happened, but they. I remember something happened and. They were down for a hundred light years. And this it was is on the still finish. The end. Yeah, 
They were down for so long. It's, it's it an exposed cool. turnbuckle. That's what it is. That's what it was. Yeah, I, for me, that doesn't work. I, dude. And also, I know it's Virgil. I'm jumping this hurdle. Yeah. If your match is designed to get someone over, yeah. Put them over with a move. Put them over. Yeah. No, with I, a move. I agree. If, if it had been, I'm going to ram your head into that fucking thing. Switch and reverse. Switch, reverse, boom, feed around into. Who cares what? Anything. No, I, I'm with you. Fuck yes. I Virgil also wins and then does a flip bump afterwards. I, oh, I didn't even fucking see that. I think at that point I just... He grabs the belt and he's like, woo! And then just does a fucking flip bump. I think that what happened... Okay, before I get to what I think happened to my body on the finish, I actually wrote down at one point, Virgil moves as if 50 people in different time zones are controlling his body. Hmm. I can't stand it. When he okay, so when the finish actually hit after the what you said eternally long, we're just gonna lay there long, crawl over fucking finish. I think that like my eyes rolled back in my head like a fucking shark when they bite something, and I just had to like absorb that Virgil had gone over on Ted DiBiase. Yeah. God damn it! I I uh, love I love how overbooked this was though. Yeah. I just wish it had been with any other fucking person there was a point and i'm not gonna rewatch this no but if i did i'd want to look for if it was if if my eyes were deceiving me because i wrote down all right now ted is trying and succeeding to suck the wind out of this match i don't know what i was seeing but this was right before the finish and i know that pacing wise it did slow down quite a bit before the finish um but uh, yeah. Anyway, sure. That ma- I don't even have my final thoughts on that match written down. I just I just have more notes about that was the next it. thing. I don't have any notes about what my final thoughts were on this match, and that's Dude, what my final thoughts were. This this fucking next thing, holy fucking god, unbelievable. Uh, so there's this. The, this video package or whatever, we're hyping the fucking the Mountie versus the Boss Man. Yes. Before we get into any of this, I want to. I just want to say this. I like Boss Man. Mm. I thought I thought Boss Man was good. Even yeah. his run in the the late Attitude Era. Big dude. He moved very well. Great punches. In ring was fucking cool. Mm. Mm-hmm. I like Boss Man. Boss Man once beat The Rock, by the way, on Raw, which. I remember watching that live and just like, that can't happen. Uh, sure. But, so, the Mountie tased Boss Man. Yeah. A lot. <laughs> so here we go. So there's this Mountie You know how prone. I can tell that he was tasing him? Because he's yelling about because it? Because the little... Oh, yeah. Sound effects that buzz. were super realistic. Buzz, buzz. Yeah. That's the sound of a taser. Buzz, buzz. Uh, I, I I only wrote down this Mountie promo is unreal. Really? I, I, I mean, I, I wrote down more, but I, the first thing that I wrote down is just this Mountie promo is unreal. Why do I have no notes on it? He he yells something about how I'm an international law man. This that yeah, and the other, yeah. and I was like, No, you're not. You don't have any like. I also wrote down the the a joke idea of back the moose. Uh, what? Instead of back the blue. Oh, back okay, the gotcha. 
Bossman promo. Also fucking unhinged. I love that they had two backstage interviewers, and there were ping yeah. pong in between them. I liked that. No, I agree. They did that way too much later in the show. <laughs> How much? Way too much. <laughs> no, I... Yeah. Uh, dude, so I... Sometimes I'm a victim of expectations. Mm. So I wrote down, this should be all right. Yeah. Based solely on my love of boss man. We'll see if we got there. Fantastic punches. Yeah. From the boss man. I agree with that. And I, I think he is for... Boss man's a big fucking dude. Yeah. He is moving. Big even time. even in this match. Um. So oh, man. You know how I just went on that tirade about how much I oh, hate yeah. Virgil? Yeah. You know what else I fucking hate? Hmm. On on almost, I'm gonna, you know what I'm gonna say an equal level. Okay. Jimmy Hart. Okay. <laughs> I despise. Yeah. Jim, E, Hart. <laughs> Him being involved in this, I was immediately just like, I needed to be done. Like it's not even hatred where I'm like, oh, I hope he gets bumped or whatever. Which, by the way, to my knowledge, didn't happen. I have no memory of Jimmy Hart ever getting beat up, bumped, punched, kicked, anything. I fucking despise him. I hate everything that he does. Yeah. You want to keep defending them 90s? No! Not this one! (laughs) I'm slowly winning, guys. I want you all at home to realize I'm slowly winning. Jimmy Hart ain't there in 98. He's, He's off doing somehow the same shit in WCW. That, I think that might be the thing about it that I hate. Is that Jimmy Hart as a concept to me would have worked in uh, like up to the mid, maybe late 80s in wrestling. Yeah. Maybe. Anything past that. But here's the thing. He never did anything past. He just did the same fucking thing. Yeah. Like, god damn, man. Even Hogan fucking changed it up at one point. Shit. Damn it. Um, I liked this. I need one of our fans to just clip together like a super cut of us just screaming swears. Um, no, I actually did like this match, though. Yeah. It's just, it was just fun. Yeah. Um, there's a miss of the taser right before the finish, which I was like, okay, cool. A little bit of storytelling. Alabama slam. Yeah. Fucking hell. Have you ever taken one of those? Um, I took um, the Lee Bryce bomb. From Which is Berna and, and basically the Alabama Slam yeah. with an assist, yeah. From Berna and Connor when we were at Anarchy, um, it was the one and only time they've done that move. Yeah, but we keep talking about it. Yeah. Well, so uh, Lee, Lee Bryce bomb is pretty deadly. <laughs> um, I've actually only taken the Alabama Slam once in my entire career, and it was from Moonshine Mantel at Anarchy. Yep. I love how we've both taken that. Bump at Anarchy only. That was enough. Yeah, yeah. Never again. Yeah. Um. Yeah. My my only real last note on this was uh I didn't think this match was bad. It was a little long. That was about yeah. It. That's fair. Could have been a minute and a half, two minutes shorter. Would have been great. Mm-hmm. So then, there's this string of promos. And I was... You remember what I was talking about earlier? 
Which which part? When they're fucking ping ponging between the two interviewers backstage. Dude, Mean Gene is sprinting Has through this be. building Has at some be. point. Sean Mooney's all in the same spot. They're coming to him. Gene yeah. is fucking. You're in this one. I'm going down here now. Like these are okay. There's a DiBiase promo. There's a Brit promo. Yep. There is a fucking Jimmy Hart promo with the natural disasters. It sucked. It's awful. By the way. The, the D.B. Aussie one I thought was fine. I thought it was okay because he's like, oh, the match should have been thrown out the moment that uh, Virgil jumped me from behind at the start of the bell. Mm. I like that because then he's not putting any blame on himself or Sherry. He's not saying, oh, it should have been thrown out when Sherry got in the ring. He's saying, he jumps, he cheap-shotted me. Yeah. I like that. I thought the Brett promo was fine. And if there's I anything- have no notes on the first two. The first... Promo I have a note on is the Natural Disasters one, and it's it's it bad. Sucked. They're just yelling. There's so much fucking yelling. Then there's a fucking Boss Man promo, and the, my only note on the Boss Man promo here is so. Th- by the way, the gimmick of the match with him and the Mountie was that the loser is in essence arrested yeah. and sent to jail, which Hilarious. is made very clear. Whatever, but he starts the promo by saying, "You know what kind of bird can't fly? Uh, who is it?" Sean Mooney? Yeah, yeah I think Sean. So. Yeah. And he's like, huh? And he goes, a jailbird. And that's just what the Mountie is. And I just wrote down, boss man, there's lots of birds that can't fly. There are, there are penguins and emus. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, here's where I wrote down. Gene Kiwis. is working hard. Kiwis? Yeah. yeah. Chickens? Sure. Turkeys? Um, Ostrich? Dodo? They ain't doing nothing. That's true. Um, Savage is still on the phone. He's insane. <laughs> mean Gene's like trying to get a word with him, and he's like, "Hold on, I'm on the phone." Yeah, and then he goes back to talking. I love it. I do too. And also, he's talking about the wedding that he's about to have. Yeah, where he's like, it's something like, "Oh, everyone wants to know where me and Miss Elizabeth are going on our honeymoon." Oh yeah. Well, here's the thing: if I tell them, they're gonna tell Elizabeth, and <laughs> it's like, yeah. Oh my god. So then, we cut to this, this footage, and anytime we cut back to it, it's so confounding to me. Yeah. Because evidently, the the Mountie is being put in fucking Arkham Asylum. <laughs> like it's only lit by the light that's on the camera. Yeah. These cops are attempting to fingerprint him, which is admittedly hilarious. And all he says is, "No, I'm not gonna do it." So. Because when they, they at this point they show him arriving to the prison, and the dude who's there, like the camera's right behind a cop, yeah. and the cop who's right in front of the camera, like looking away from the camera uh-huh. towards where the car is, he's like, yeah. "I think that's them now." <laughs> How did he get there? I don't know, but I think that was so funny. It was hilarious, dude. The quality of this prison that he's going to—it's—it's—it's it's, um, it's Arkham Asylum. It's Rikers Island. It's. Every comic book depiction. Yeah. It, it's Shawshank. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's the Green Mile. It's all of them. Holy um, fuck. Interspersed with these Mountie things, they, there's Jimmy Hart promos. Yes. Because I have multiple notes on Jimmy yeah. Hart and the Nasty Boys. I'm like, Jimmy Hart, you need to fucking stop. There's an LOD promo. That needs to not happen. Uh... I also wrote down at one point, remember when jail was bad? Yeah. Because they are really making this into, like, 
You're you are going to hell. You <laughs> can't do this to me. <laughs> Uh, um, dude, I, yeah, I wrote down, why is Jimmy Hart here again? There's a Sergeant Slaughter promo at one point. I put two dots at the end of that one. Dude, the Slaughter promo... I fucking hate whenever Sergeant Slaughter has a microphone in front of his face. Mm. I'm not a Sergeant Slaughter fan. And I wrote down, in regards to that promo, this is for dumb babies that are on drugs. <laughs> it is... It's not enough that they're babies. Then, then there's a Sid promo where he's, he's wearing... He's the best referee. He's the best looking referee of all fucking time. Majestic. Just uh, the skin tight muscle tank with the ref stripes. And I, in regards to his promo, and I wrote this down here, how is he the most even keeled? All of these promos are people yelling and screaming and Sid on this promo at least, is actually just talking. And I was like, you? Of yeah. all the ones? I love it, though. That's why I love Sid's promos, because sometimes he's quiet. Yeah. There's I think that's so the fourth much. time I've seen you reach into that box during this episode. I'm getting f- fucking heated. Uh, <laughs> I love it, though. Um, it's already getting late. Holy shit. All right. So we need to let's cook through this. Um, no, no, we. I've got a little bit of time. I'm just I'm catching the late show of this movie. I thought I would be in a theater in Ottawa 20 minutes ago. Really? Yeah. Well, I apologize. No, no, no. This is great. This is great content for you, the, the people. Yes. Long, long awaited bit returns. Anyway, so um, go ahead. The next, it's LOD versus the Nasty Boys. Correct? Yeah. I saw this. I I saw the match graphic. I paused it and I turned the show off. This is where you you, you is, tapped out. This is where I tapped off. Sean, off. I know you're listening to this, but goddamn man, like I'm not a fan of either of these teams at all. And I see this, and I was like, oh fuck. And then I see, okay, it's no DQ. So I thought, all right, maybe, maybe, right? But we're still tagging in and out for some fucking reason. And the moment that I realized that, because I feel like they start with a bit of a brawl, you yeah, know? Yeah, they do. They do. And I was like, okay, cool. Just, just, just keep doing this. Let's just kill eight minutes and move on to anything after this. Yeah. Nope. Then for whatever fucking reason, we're tagging in and out. And we're keeping it in the ring. Yeah. And the whole time I was like... And in a no disqualification setting, one of the nasty boys is just watching. Yeah. I don't... I, I, I was... This was personally insulting. I I have two notes on this past the what the fuck is going on here. The Doomsday Device, terrifying. Yeah. That move is fucking scary. And I can't believe that they did it to so many big fucking dudes for as long as they did. Past that, I wrote down, I barely paid attention to this. At least it was short. Was it short? I don't really know. I thought so I'm not because sure I wasn't paying attention. I, same here. Uh, my only note on this is why did that need to be DQ or no DQ? Why did that need to be no DQ? They, yeah, exactly. They, they could have just brawled around and then settled into a fucking tag. It would have made more sense and therefore offended me way fucking less. I was, I was this match was 7 minutes and 45 seconds. Which, I mean, is the average length, I guess. But I was just No, like, dude, dude. It, it felt longer 
Then I felt like they were just doing nothing for ages. Dude, it's... Ugh, I hated it, hated it, hated it, hated it. More Mountie jail stuff. And the whole time, he's only doing the same shit. He's just like, you can't do this to me. I'm the Mount... Yeah. I, I wrote down, we get it. Like, at this point, it's like, okay. N- that's enough. Yeah. Then, when I thought, all right, I'm in a pit of shit. I'm in a fucking hell of despair. Fucking IRS versus Greg Valentine. Why? What did the fans do to deserve (laughs) this? Not just us. I know why we're doing this. Back then, in 1991, if I had gone to watch fucking... Oh my god. If I had gone to watch this show, this match was on the fucking card. I would have asked for a discounted ticket. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. Also, how many people on the show are just not wearing gear? Like, I understand the IRS bit. You're you're in your slacks yeah. and your button-up. Why do I feel like he's the fifth fucking person I've seen wearing slacks and a button-up? Because both <laughs> Bossman and Mountie are. Yeah. Then this... Fuck, I, I hate IRS. Yeah. I don't fucking like Greg Valentine either. I don't particularly find a merit to him. He he looks like every lesbian gym teacher from the 1980s. Mm-hmm. And for that matter, the 90s. And he's boring. He's so fucking boring. A lot of headlocks in this match. I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. Go, go on this walk with me. Regardless of if a person is a fan of his or not, and regardless of if you like his, his current run or not, I feel it is inarguable that Bray Wyatt is a creative person. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. IRS is the most boring man. <laughs> and that is the end of the sentence. Okay. <laughs> How? How did Bray come from this? I don't know. God damn it. I hated this. I literally, one of my notes on it just says, fuck, this is boring. Yeah. My last note just says I hated it. I don't even know what happened. The only thing I liked about this match is that in the middle of this, they said, someone on commentary, I think it was Piper, said something about Sid's back in his dressing room, but we don't know where he was. Because at one point they mentioned that. They they show footage of him talking to. Slaughter, yeah. Sheik, and whoever and they, the fuck they the other dude he's is. not in his dressing room, but right. we don't know where he's at. Right. Oh, he's back in his dressing room, but we don't know where he went. Sure. I like that. I that's agree. That's cool. Yes. But that's time. also not about this match. Right. At one point, Greg Valentine does a figure four. I'm like, Flair. We're what? hyping Flair. <laughs> like, the WCW championship is was yeah. on the screen earlier. Yeah. We've said Ric Flair's name. Several times. Several times on this show. Yeah. And you're just doing figure fours. Dude, you know what's weird? Is if you watch some of the uh, NWA stuff from the 80s, when Flair would literally be on the card, I've literally watched one episode of the NWA shows from uh, like the Jim Crockett era, right? Mm -hmm. Flair's on the card. Flair's doing promo. Flair's having a match. I have literally seen two people on the undercard use or do the figure four. It is bonkers. How do you to me. just do that? I don't know. I just don't fucking know. Like, it just seems even back then, I'm like, guys, this is just fucking stupid. Like, 
I can't imagine be, the argument being like, "Oh, it's just a move." He's the world champion. He's a world champion. <laughs> I don't care. God damn it, they didn't. Like, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Fuck. And then after this bullshit match, there's another ad for Hogan's. I'm cool pay-per-view special thing, whatever. I didn't like, see that. But there is a Hogan Warrior promo. Oh, my God. Warrior. Warrior? Yeah. I think it was Warrior at one point says, We will not come by tank or by air, but we will walk side by side and leave four footsteps behind us. I don't know if he said four footsteps or four foot steps. <laughs> That's in like a unit of measure? Yeah. As in the size? I don't know. Dude, No. He absolutely did say that. Um, I my only know in this promo because I actually do kind of remember it. I watched this a couple days ago. Just says Hogan Warrior promo. I need drugs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's. The, I will say this, and it might have been around that time in the in the promo. There's a bit where Hogan, in his face, almost looks like, oh shit, in the sense of like he's gone off the rails because Hogan's promo is. The same as every other fucking Hogan promo, right? Yeah. Like all the little warriors and the Hulkamaniacs, this, that, and the other, blah, blah, blah. When Warrior really gets going, there is a split second where... Because like Hogan's doing the thing where he's got his hands together, right? He's just trying yeah. to flex. There's a split second where he kind of looks over at him like, huh? And then just goes back to the camera like... Even Hulk Hogan at yeah. this point is like, what the fuck is this psycho talking about? Yeah, I love it. Also, but uh, I don't love it. fuck Warrior... Yeah. And I'm glad he's in hell. Um, sure. <sighs> um, so then... I could not believe this wasn't last. I couldn't believe this happened. So we have... As, as we're calling the match made in hell. Sergeant Slaughter. The Iron Sheik, who's got a, a new name here that I can't quite remember. I'm sorry. Colonel Mustafa. Colonel and Mustafa. Or Adnan. And And General Adnan. Against the team of Hogan and Warrior with Sid as the ref. Yeah. Sid shirt. It's peak. It's worth it's worth mentioning again. Yeah. So here's an interesting thing though that we do have to talk about in regards to this show in specifically at this point in it. Big warrior controversy on this show. Oh, okay. Is this the one where he held up Vince McMahon for more money? That is correct. Okay. And the second that he went through the curtain, he was like, all right, get the fuck out of here. You're fired. That is also correct. Amazing. Now, would you care to guess how much money, and he claims that this is what he was owed, basically. This is a very similar situation to the Jeff Jarrett thing that would happen in, like, 99. Mm, Where Jeff was like, I'm not doing this until you pay me said amount of money, which people were like, oh, you're holding them up. Jarrett goes out, fucking drops the icy title to China. Yeah. Jarrett's side of the story is that he hadn't been paid from X number of house show dates and something else, knew that his contract was up and that he was leaving, and he just wanted to get paid what he was owed before he left. That's his side of the story. Okay. Not going to say one's true. Not going to say one's not. Who are we to know, right? This is a somewhat similar situation in that Hogue, or I'm sorry, Warrior thought he was owed X amount of dollars, but his deal wasn't up yet. As you pointed out, the moment this was done, Vince was like, you're fired. Yes. But he did still pay him, by the way. Jesus. Oh, my God. Guys, that it was my last alarm of the day, making sure that I work out. Um, Good. And the answer did to you? that alarm is yes. Good. 
Um, so here we go. So having said all of that, would you care to guess if you don't know how much money Warrior held up Vince for here on this? And and again, and I'm not trying to defend Vince McMahon because fuck him, but he still got paid it and then was fired. Also keep in mind this is have, 1991. Yeah, I don't even have a frame of reference, but I'll throw out like 750 grand. Over $500,000. Okay. You're a little high. It was in between 5 and $600,000. That is still a huge that's a huge Absolutely, amount of money yeah. today, but back then hot damn. You know, yeah. god fuck. All right, so now let's if we can let's Try to talk about this match. Everyone in this match looks 50. Yeah. And they ain't. And that's shocking. And when I say looks, I mean, with the exception of the Warrior, they move like it too. Yeah. Um, Warrior at least moves. Sure. Um, I'd put him about 35 maybe. Um, Which is also probably about what age he is. And oh, okay. it's also not far. It's also not far from. Hang on, I'm just gonna keep talking. Keep talking. Gonna Google. Um. So I fucking hated this. I don't really have any like. I, I want to get into this, but oh hey, our fucking curtain fell. That's upsetting. Um. Okay, I'll get into so the specifics of it. I, I did talk. not like. I did not like this. There were just things that I noticed in it that started to entertain me for the wrong reasons. Okay. So Hogan, by the way, he was born in 53. Mm. So this is 91. So 60 to 90 is 37. Hogan is 38 at the time of this show. Mm-hmm. Yep. This sucked. Uh, but the, one of the things that I noticed uh, that, you know, like I said, like almost perversely entertained me about it, Sergeant Slaughter does everything for his team. Yes. Sheik does nothing. I don't think Adnan or whatever the fuck his name is gets in until the finish. Yeah. And then is immediately dispatched. He takes both... Sergeant Slaughter hits, uh, takes both of the hot tags. Which... And he looks like a fucking imbecile both times. He looks more like Carl from Aqua Teen Hunger Force than whoever I said earlier in this episode looked like Carl from Aqua Teen Hunger Force. He, he is John immediate... Tenta. John Tenta. No, it's Sergeant Slaughter because he has the shorter hair. Dude, Slaughter is suffering this entire match. Yes. As are we, the viewers. Um, Warrior gets tagged in by Hogan mm-hmm. as, as uh, Sergeant Slaughter is like grabbing at his foot. Right. Warrior gets in, looks and- at Sergeant Slaughter, they lock eyes... They have like a full-on intense conversation about when they're going to go play Scrabble next yeah. Tuesday. Yeah. Whether it's going to be at his house or, or mine, you yeah. know. I'll have the hot cocoa if it's at my house, but if Sounds you great. already have it, we might as well make it at your house, right? Why not? Then he starts winding up this punch. Yeah. And he's still like, I can't wait. Is this when dude, Warrior's doing the dance where he's also reaching up to the heavens no, and high-stepping, or is point, that later? He's just, he's just winding it up. Yeah. And then he throws his first punch in his uh-huh. hot tag, and it still connects with Sergeant Slaughter somehow. Because Sergeant Slaughter is the dumbest ass in the Western Hemisphere? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
And they, my next note says, dude, and just like that, back to heat. You know Hogan gets that hot tag. And here's the worst part for me. What you just described, absolutely accurate. Then when Hogan comes in on his hot tag, we're just doing the same fucking shtick. It's another, you, you, you better not, I'm gonna, you better not, I'm gonna fucking block, punch, like. Sergeant Slaughter is made to look like an idiot twice. And, like, okay, it is well documented that the idea and concept and the build and everything for the Ultimate Warrior was for him to be the next Hogan. Sure. That is unquestionably fact. That was the idea. Yeah. Okay. You can't do the same shit as the person you're supposed to replace in a match when you're teaming with that fucking guy. Like, (sighs) it's... It's baffling to me. Like, I understand that, like, also... this shit is marketed for kids. This is, I say it frequently on it. This is for babies. Yeah. But goddamn, we're not even respecting kids' intelligence. No. If I had watched this when I was a kid, if I'd been like allowed to, because I was or not allowed to, able to, because I was a wrestling fan at this point, I would have been seven years old. Even at the age of seven, I am barely able to wipe my own ass. I would have been like, he's just doing the same thing as that guy. Yeah. Like meanwhile when I was 7, I watched a man get hung upside down and <laughs> and bleed onto and another man. Or blood out of his head. This is the different versions of pro wrestling we were presented with. Holy shit, man. Well, like not to like go on a side tangent here cuz goddamn this is a lengthy episode and I don't give a fuck cuz I'm having a good time. Yeah. It's the thing where entertainment that is marketed for children has a shelf life. You'll remember it fondly from your childhood. You go back to it as an adult, and you're like, eh. Entertainment that is marketed towards adults that you like as a child, you go back to as an adult, and you're like, wow. There's a newfound appreciation for it. Animaniacs is something that I'm always going to be big on. Okay. That was a huge thing for me when I was a kid. There were so many jokes on that show that I did not get when I was a kid. Yeah. But I knew that I was watching something that was challenging me that I was like, okay, well, why don't I get that? Like, I know that's funny, but why is it funny? Mm, yeah. You go back and watch it now as an adult, you're like, wow, I can't believe I got away with watching this as a kid. Yeah. But it makes your mind fucking work. And wrestling is very similar in that you're a seven-year-old kid watching Jay Briscoe pour, a, a, honestly, a dangerous amount of blood out of his body onto Jimmy Jacobs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you fully understand that as a seven-year-old? Not you specifically, but I mean like in general. No. Of course not. You're seven. You go back and watch it now as an adult and you're like, wow, that's some heavy shit. I di- yeah, I didn't even... It took me... I would say maybe two, three years ago was when I finally like really thought about it and understood the impact of what the fuck that was. Yeah. Because like... And it started a huge run that ultimately led, honestly, led to Seth Rollins being yeah, in a top tier fucking star in all of wrestling. Yeah, you know, like that's why I don't know if I can agree with you that ROH didn't change wrestling. You know, I think if I had to go back in to that, I, I think that it did. I, I think that like 
I didn't word what I was thinking the right way whenever I said it. I actually thought about it later that night after that episode. I was like, yeah, no, actually it did. Mm. Like, I think that it popularized a certain style. Yeah. And showed that you could do that on a... You could do that and take it to a mainstream level and still make it work. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I was wrong on that and in the way that I said it. Let's let's fucking saw through this. Yes, up. please. So please. Uh, uh, so Hogan just powders dude in the eyes. Which what? And then drops the the leg drop on him. Yes, that's the finish. So the two guys who beat the ever living shit out of the three guys for no reason cheat and still win. When I saw, because it was there was a it, it's it's nah. a warrior with a chair yeah. chases off two of them. Yeah. And, and they show him going. And to guess the back. who's still in the fucking ring, by the way? It's Slaughter. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Warrior chases off the two people, and then they cut back to the ring, mm. and I see Hogan with the powder in his hand, and I and I immediately was like, "No fucking way, dude!" They did it. He did the fucking powder. I think we've talked about it on the show before. Like, certain tropes in wrestling that you just fucking hate. Yeah. The powder is mine. It has been for ages. I always fucking hate it. I had to, very early on in my wrestling run, I had a heated, like, I thought we were going to fucking fight uh, me and Alex Castle in a tag match one time, and the uh, other team wanted to use powder for the finish. And I was like, no, can we just do something else? Like, you know, whatever. Even, Even at this point, I was like, just hit me with a move. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not even smart enough to... No shit. Yeah. But I was yeah. like, can you just hit me with the... Do you guys have a double team or something? They're like, well, you know, like, we thought we'd do this with the powder. And I was like, I just don't fucking like it. And they're like, why? And I'm like, because it's stupid. Like, why do you have that? Like, with Mr. Fuji, it made sense because the idea was that he was throwing salt as, a, like, a, a sumo tradition mm. for Yokozuna. That's what that was. It was, quote-unquote, salt that was in powder. Yeah. I was like, I, you know, I just don't like it. I think it's stupid. It never looks good, this, that, and the other. And they're like, oh, no, we'll do it. Castle's like, no, I think it's great. Man, I'm like a year and a half in, and he's my best friend, and I thought we were going to fucking throw hands. Because yeah, I was like, yeah. I don't want to fucking do this. <laughs> I hated that bad. I would rather lose I fucking game. hate it that bad. I was like, I would, yeah, exactly. I was like, I'll literally just fucking let these two very bad, out-of-shape, fat fucks hit me with a double body slam. I don't care. But no, instead we did the fucking powder. I hate the powder. Hogan then celebrates for yeah. 25 minutes. Yeah. Calls out Sid. They pose together. Yeah. Sid, by the way, who has said he was going to call it down the middle the whole time and then did, which I Unknowingly, like. Unknowingly. Yes. Hogan Unknowingly. And then fucking celebrates with this dude. Uh-huh. Hogan has never been a babyface. No, I, I yeah, I agree. He always did eye rakes. He fucking whipped people with his own fucking belt. Choked him with his own shirt after he fucking shredded it. Like, also, I think if my timeline's adding up, this would have been after Mania 7, but before 8, which was Sid versus Hogan. But they still, for whatever reason, had Hogan as the fucking babyface. And I'm like, no. (laughs) I just don't understand. Also... They were already struggling to keep Hogan as a babyface at this point. Crowds had already started to turn on him. So then not only that, but they booked him this way. Yeah. It's literally Asinine. 
John Cena. Except that John Cena didn't fucking cheat. Yeah. He just won. Like, yeah. That's oh true. my that's god. True. Hated it. Um, they go then to more Mountie. This is the last thing they play of the Mountie, where they they just Woo! you can't you can't do this anymore, guys. My note here just says, "Oh great, gay prison jokes." Mm-hmm. And that's it. So, uh, uh, yeah. The the ending of this pay per view. If 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 you're okay with this, I would like to saw through this. Please do because I have no notes on it. I didn't even watch it. I was finishing the show as I got here. You, this, you knew this this in a not great way blew my mind. There was something about it that was still oddly fascinating to me. So it's the Savage and Elizabeth wedding. Hot take: Elizabeth was never good. Mm. I don't, like I'm she just, she, she was pretty. Yeah, fine. She was never good as it. As it comes to anything involving actual wrestling or performing. Never good. Fair enough. Yeah, I fucking said it. I will say this. This was undeniably over mm. with this audience. They were absolutely in, like, just enwrapped by this. There's a lengthy video package while they're setting up the fucking ceremony in the ring. I paused this. There were six minutes left. And I was like, six minutes. Okay. The outfit from Savage... Kind of cool. Yeah. Pretty much exactly what I expected. I can't believe this is how we main evented a pay-per-view. I one of, one of the big four. I cannot believe it. Like, it's... But, here's the thing. They present this as if it is a real wedding, and they take their time on it. And I was like, okay, cool. I don't know what it is. Something's going to happen. And it's going to be great because... You've taken your time on this, and you've presented it as a real wedding. And this, to my knowledge, is the first one. Okay, cool. I can't fucking wait. And then nothing happens. Yeah. They just get married and leave. Mm-hmm. You ever, you, you know, you, you talk about the good downer. What about yeah. the bad upper? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I was like, man, like... And maybe it's a thing where I, not just myself, but like we as fans are conditioned to think, oh, a wrestling wedding? Here it's a co- trope now. I yeah, it is. Point. Here comes some bullshit. Someone's coming out of the cake. Someone's coming up through the ring. Someone's, someone's making their entrance. Someone objects. Someone objects. Someone's revealed to be a lesbian. Someone's fucking crashing this. Someone's cr- like... Someone drugged the fucking fiance and married her in Vegas in a fucking car in a drive-through chapel. AJ Lee said yes, but to Vince McMahon's proposal as GM. All of them, any of them. I was like, I can't fucking believe that we ever, of all the things in wrestling, that I have bitched about not setting a baseline, right? Because we've talked about that before. You got to have your fucking baseline, yeah, so that when you deviate from it. It fucking matters. And of all the things, this is the fucking one. Yeah. Has the baseline. Here it is. What are we even doing? Like, the ultimate payoff is when there's the second successful wrestling wedding. I will eat a hat. (laughs) (laughs) 
my god. I just, it, it, oh, 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 holy shit, man. There's honestly not even much to talk about this. No. It's just a fucking wrestling wedding where nothing happens except they get fucking married. I walked in and out of the fucking room at this point, and then yeah. because I was just, as soon as I saw that six minutes, I was like, okay. The last, the next three minutes I can skip. The last three minutes, something's going to fucking happen. And it don't. <laughs> nope. It'd be like watching Barbarian without the twist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just, oh, well, they're dating now. That's cool. Yeah, they like, just, they just, they never go down to the basement and... Then they just leave. They just leave. There's like, oh, I, I did all my, my business stuff this week. I guess uh, I'll see you later. And then the ending of the movie is just, well... Do you want to come with me? Womp womp. You know? Yeah. Just like... Um, so, do you have any final thoughts on the show? No, I really don't, and I have to piss very badly, and I have 13 minutes to get to the theater in Peru. Here's my final thoughts. It's the most scathing thing I could say about this show. I wasn't even excited to record this episode. Oh, wow. That's the meanest thing I could say about this show. I, it's not even worth bitching about. The meanest thing that I can say about this show is that my favorite part of it was a Bret Hart match. Okay. Fair enough. And I think that's really all I have. I don't even want to plug anything. Well, if you wanted to go pee and get ready for a thing, I'll plug and then sign off. That sounds great. To do that. Hey, guys. Bye. I would like to plug things. Cause yes. At, first of all, um, at Wowed Podcast on Twitter. Peace out, y'all. i got to go piss. He's pissing. He's peacing. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um... Uh, Patreon.com slash Wowed Podcast, W A W E D Podcast. Um, of course, Deschain underscore QD at Hopper2017, the Review Review Podcast, Dollar Menu Mid Carter, St. Louis Anarchy, um, RPW, Zow Alive, Dreamwave. I think that's everything. And um, if not, that's fine. And if so, I'm going to go home and play some God of War, Ragnarok. What are we even doing here?